0: up guys welcome to episode number 102 of beef's beef here's always with my
1: baby blue wearing
0: i don't i don't even I, i'm not gonna call you my Padre every time
1: no you gotta come up with something different
0: i don't know i'll think of something next time yeah but i'm here with bj as always thank
1: you i appreciate the gracious intro
0: <laughs> as always um but as we've been doing the past couple of episodes we can't start our episode without telling you who our episode is brought to you by It's brought to you by our friend miss crystal lackey at century mortgage she said like we've said every time that rates are great right now i can't complain about her this week even though she's adding some phantom hit to her uh batting average i guess i can say something
1: mm, early yeah. power move
0: yeah early power move i guess yeah it's
1: what you of- think of the laxter she hated it? Yeah, we got to improve that a little she bit. She hated it so much, dude. I forgot about
0: that. She was she was like, yeah, that's got to go.
1: I'd agree, probably. Yeah. So somebody figure out a better nickname.
0: But yeah, if you...
1: Uh, Actually, if you, my little niece's specialty for making up nicknames.
0: What, she called me like Red or something, though, didn't she? Something like that? She just goes calls you by Beef now. Oh, nice. She,
1: the one day I was talking to you on the phone. She goes, hey, is that Beef? Nice. You know?
0: So I guess she's not the best in always. I guess I got that one.
1: Yeah. Well, she, she named Blake Pepperoni, because Blake used to give her pepperonis off her pizza. She named Greg Beanbag, because Greg would always sit in her beanbag, and she'd get mad about I it. I thought
0: it was because he was shaped like a beanbag.
1: Well, that is true, but I don't think that's why she gave him the nickname, but yes.
0: But um, if you're looking to buy a house or refinance, hit up our friend Krista Lackey. She is a mortgage lender, I guess you would say, mortgage loan officer, a, She's one of those, too. She can get you a mortgage. Yeah. If you want to get in contact with her, you can call her at 502-615-0743.
1: Or get in touch at centurymortgage.com backslash Lackey. As always, put some respect on her name and capitalize those first letters, C and (laughs) L, centurymortgage.com backslash Lackey.
0: Again, that's Century Mortgage, MLS number 3925 and Crystal Lackey's MLS number one seven three five nine seven nine, And she made fun of me for how I say that, which, you know, that's not cool to make fun of people with a handicap. Yeah. I just can't say it, all right? I'm sorry. She said, you need to let BJ say that part. I think we
1: need to make a song about it. It's like eight six, seven, I'm five, not singing three. no. I don't know, but it's in a MLS.
0: No. Okay. But well, we're in episode 102, man. I'm sure you got something
1: special special for this one cooking so what i did we had actually talked about this before but there was one of the two of the hosts who has been here from the beginning and in the beginning i remember episode one two three four and so on right yeah so what i wanted to do since i'm selfish and i missed out on those early episodes is i wanted to go back and i wanted to start at one now last week i, I had hear you t- like
0: brian mcknight dude
1: oh yeah one, you know, how do you not know the words to that? Because I don't listen to that type of music. Oh, but good music! My humming was on point. That was definitely. Let's how go. That let's song move goes.
0: on with with, with okay. your intro here.
1: But anyway, so today's going to be about the number two, and number two is considered an integer because, or excuse me, number a number is considered an integer if it's divisible by the number two. So you want to talk about being important. I guess, yeah. You can't be an integer unless you're divisible by two. Uh, Number two is also the smallest prime number. You described what a prime number was last week. Yeah. And it's the only even prime number. So some would call it the oddest prime number.
0: Well played. I didn't even
1: get a laugh. I mean, I've been working on that joke for a week. Uh, Pretty unique stuff, though. Culturally, in Jewish law, the testimonies of two witnesses are required to verify and validate events such as marriage, divorce, and crime that warrants capital punishment. So I was thinking if you ever were uh, in Jewish, um, you know, where the Jews are. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, well put, man. Right. You know what I'm talking about. And you had two witnesses. It makes it a lot easier because then you only have to knock off one witness. You know what I'm saying? Because if there isn't two, you can't get punished by it. So if you knock off one of the witnesses, and even if the other witness says, hey, dude, he knocked off that guy, you're still free and clear because there isn't. So I'm kind of glad that rule isn't around today. You know what I'm saying? But just an option for all you Jewish individuals out there. Um, Number four, two is a good number in the Chinese culture saying good things come in pairs. Um, Is very popular over there. I was going to try to pronounce it for you, but my Cantonese isn't on point today. I've got a little bit of nasal, nasal congestion, so I won't do that to you. And you've already been mad at my singing, so I'll just continue on. But it's common to use double symbols in product names and logos, too. So a lot of the Chinese products you see will be one picture twice on there.
0: So you're saying I should have put two beef logos
1: on there? I think so. For good things come in pairs, as the Chinese would like to say. I think we should have put your logo and then my logo, my better looking logo next to it. It's kind of like a jump man. But instead of the jump man, it's like a standing man. But, you know, just an option for us in the future. Uh, In Finland, two candles are lit on Independence Day and put in a windowsill to remind the passerbys of sacrifices made by past generations and the struggle for independence and democracy. I think we should steal that idea. Probably be a lot more house fires, though, actually. So that's, Probably. Yeah, let's not do that. Maybe electrical candles, but another option for us. And then on to the sports. This is what we do, and this is what we do best. But this is something you'll know. In baseball, scorekeeping, right? Mm-hmm. Two is the position of the catcher. Yeah. That might throw some people off. What's one? Pitcher. Easy. Easy. Um, In basketball, the two position is typically the shooting guard. Mm -hmm. You know, that's my personal favorite position. Um, In ice hockey, a team typically has two defensemen on the ice. Minor penalties also last for two minutes or until the non-penalized team scores a goal. So two is very significant in sports. It's also very significant in one of your personal favorites. It's a 2003 movie released. goes by a name of... Too Fast, and Too Furious. (laughs) The whole
0: series is garbage, dude. You love
1: this one. Uh, The film featured famous actors like Paul Walker, R.I.P. You want to pay your respects over there? No. Give him an R.I.P. one time. Nope. Tyrese Gibson, his career is R.I.P. Ava Mendez. It's Eva Mendez. I call her Ava.
0: Just just to give credit to your niece, I guess?
1: I don't know why I do it, but... Because
0: you like saying everything wrong. You call it Kudoba? (laughs) it's qdoba
1: listen don't let the cat out of the bag what do you call
0: what do you call those those uh german things that usually have lamb on them what do you call those the food german things that veal no like it it's uh they had they had them in
1: arby's wiener schnitzel no uh i know what you're talking about yep uh uh gyros see it's a gyro so i
0: knew you would butcher that one as well but it's spelled
1: G-Y-R-O.
0: Yeah, but don't you remember the commercial? They don't say, I need a gyro. Yeah, they also I need say a gyro. they got
1: all the meats. Who, do you trust anybody who says they got all the meats, bro?
0: I mean, it depends on who's saying it. Yeah. Depends on if they're sitting on a casting couch or not.
1: Uh, butcher? <laughs> i trust a butcher if he says he's got all the meats. I'm like, hey, give me a little bit of that. Give me a little bit of that. Um, but, yeah, great movie. Uh, it's, no, it's not. Also had Ludacris in the movie. Let, just let me. It's ludicrous
0: on. to say that that was a great movie. What's his real name? Because I ludicrous. Should, yeah,
1: I don't know. I can't remember. I wanted. I feel. I, I think it's like Chris Brodis or something. I think that might be. I have a buddy named Chris Brodis. Two of them actually who are named Chris Brodis. But it, it, shout out to Ludicrous. He's in the film. The film didn't have Vin no, Diesel. No, Chris Bridges. Bridges. Hey, you're close. Is that a C H or a K? ch Mm, i had a feeling it was a k gotta go with chris off the beaten path um but the film didn't have vin diesel he declined the offer and was in the movie chronicles of riddick what's your opinion of chronicles of riddick
0: you can keep going that's my opinion never seen it no you've never seen it i don't here's the thing man yeah i don't really watch action movies that much it's very they're very
1: few and far between that i watch them chronicles of riddick i actually found because there was a movie business going out it's kind of like the blockbuster deal when it was going under. Which one was it? It was over by uh, Kroger on Charlestown Road. So I don't recall Kroger the name. Charlestown Road? By where the Little Caesars is. Was it like Red Giraffe or something? No. Do you remember Red Giraffe? No. I think this was a fran- it wasn't a franchise. It was a singly owned oh, place. Oh, okay. Whatever yeah. it was, they were selling used DVDs for five bucks. So I'd go in there and just pick up a couple on occasion. This is when DVDs were on the regular 15 bucks or whatever. And uh, I found Chronicles of Riddick in there, and then that led me to I think it was called Pitch Black as well, too. But both of those very odd movies, but they're, they're not bad movies. And then most of uh, Too Fast, Too Furious was shot in Miami and South Florida. So that's pretty cool. Shout out to Miami and South Florida because there's something interesting coming up um, involving those two areas. Um, well, actually, not South Florida, but Miami and Florida. And then the, yeah. mo- the movie grossed over 236000000 million. You're
0: still on stuff about Two Fast, Two Furies?
1: I had to, when it's your favorite, I have to give it respect. Just like 101 Dalmatians last week, movie grossed $236 million and was the 16th highest grossing film of 2003. 16th highest? Yeah. Shows you how great that movie was, man. I counted all 15 before it, so there were some real, real hits in there. I mean, lots of good movies in the year 2003. Any fond memories in the year 2003 for you? Ryan
0: graduated that year. Mm,
1: shout out to Ryan. Yeah. You gave him a power move last week. We can't give him a shout out. You just out asked right. me what uh, happened. Okay. That
0: was 2003, 2004. That was my first year of high school. Mm,
1: another good one. My eighth grade year of middle school. Like, I spent eight years in middle school not eighth grade. You know what I'm saying. But uh, on to our last ones. Features some numbers, Right. So, got a couple of classics in here. You got an all-time great in MLB by a guy named of Derek Jeter. Oh, I, was, I, can't,
0: I can't wait there, John, to listen to this one.
1: No, not an all-time great. Is that what he's saying? Mm. Longevity, you know, on-base percentage. You know, key important things when you're talking about the all-time greats. Great style, great choice in women. Two Fast, Three Furious was actually the fifteenth highest-grossing. That's very disrespectful of you to fact-check. I I wanted to see what
0: other movies were in two thousand and three. There were some solid movies. There there. was
1: definitely an overseas film that was not on that list that you're missing. Finding Nemo. Not underseas, overseas. That's overseas
0: as well. It's in Australia.
1: The original? Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, put another shrimp on the Bobby.
0: Yeah, Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. See, I wanted to see that for my birthday.
1: I tried to tell you there was good movies in front of it, though. Bruce Almighty, Elf. Bruce B- Almighty was a great two. Bad Boys 2.
0: Classic. Yeah, Anger Management. Good one. Bringing Down the House.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not when I expected to gross more money than Too Fast, yeah, Too Furious. Yeah, it was too
0: ahead of it, actually. So that should yeah. show you just okay. how
1: great that movie I mean, it was only three spots ahead of Spy Kids 3D. Oh, dude! Don't be disrespectful to Spy Kids. They actually asked me to be in that movie, but they went with Shia LaBeouf instead. See that one too? It's Shia LaBeouf. Well, it's not even him, I don't think. But he kind of looks like a miniature version Kids? of him. Yeah. In,
0: was it? In 2003, he was in somewhere around there. He was in Holes.
1: Tell me, he's not a little bit similar looking Why, to the kid. he's got curly hair. And he's white. Yeah, probably. Those are the this key features. Set. Post Malone. Post Malone's got long hair. Well, he did kind of have, like, some curly hair. But anyways, I think all white people look the same anyways. You know what I'm saying? Um, on to the numbers, John Wall, Derek Fisher, former Tar Heel, Raymond Felton. Oh, no chubby Raymond Felton. Classics like Alex English, Joe Johnson, Chauncey Billups. Russ Smith. Kevin Garnett. Did you know Kevin Garnett wore number two? In Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah shout out to KG uh Kyrie Irvin in Cleveland Keith Van Horn actually wore number two in Dallas that one surprised me a little bit also Dallas uh Jason Kidd wore number two Kawhi another classic and Moses Malone Kenyon Martin Gary Payton and then two Williams
0: as well as Vern Troyer Vern Troyer or no that was to me number two was the other guy Number two in Austin Powers. You remember that?
1: (laughs) Yeah, but I don't know who it was.
0: Yeah, I can't remember the guy's name.
1: Didn't he get assassinated early? Was he the intro who got taken out?
0: He might have gotten killed. In member. the opening scene? I think he did, yeah. I think he did get killed in member. So he's
1: not a very memorable guy. He was um, in for two movies. Yeah. Three movies, actually, because they got go at the beginning. Marvin Williams and Mo Williams are the other two, but I saved the best for last. Led the NFL in scoring for an entire decade from 2002-2009, the greatest NFL player to ever don the number two, David Akers.
0: How are you even going to mention his name and not even mention the greatest part of what he did? No,
1: he didn't go to UofL.
0: Yeah, he did. He played
1: for the Eagles.
0: Also, fun fact, he was also a substitute teacher for Crystal at one
1: point at Moore. That is a very fun fact. Yeah. And I wish Crystal would have got me an autograph.
0: Well, it was a long time ago. That was before I knew Crystal. That was back when they still had one-room schoolhouses.
1: One-room schoolhouses. Yeah. She, was, she went to school way back in the day, man. Yeah, she's old. Yeah. But hey, to each their own. I almost caught a uh, – remember I was telling you we used to go up to um, Lehigh and watch our practices. Mm-hmm. And the funnest part of the day for me that I remember was David Akers kicking field goals and you had to run and try to catch them. And there was a lot of people out there. So it was like a mosh pit.
0: Did you get to keep the football?
1: No. You got to return it. But it was like a very proud moment. Yeah. A lot of people were getting concussions from it. <laughs> so very fond memories. But that's that's what I got for you today. Intro nice. number two, episode number one oh two, live and direct.
0: Well, what's crazy is you mentioned somebody in that that you want to talk about.
1: I, I think I did. And his name is ISO Joe, my main man, Joe Johnson. But uh, shout out to Joe Johnson. Broke the single season points record for the big three. You know where he went to college? Um, Alabama? Right conference, right first letter, wrong name. Right conference. So, SEC. Arkansas. Mm, yep. That was a mistake on my part. I should have known that. I should do better. <laughs> I'll, I'll work to improve my knowledge. Um, but Big three's gaining traction, man. They're getting some bigger deals. Um, they're getting into bigger arenas. I'm excited because they put the list out of people who they were talking about potentially trying to sign next year, which, you know, they never sign everybody. But just like this year, them adding a couple of big names, I think they'll continue. Dwayne Wade was on the list. Kobe's always been on the list. They've
0: been saying Kobe for forever. They even had that interview with – steven jackson i think it was a Catino mobley maybe that was sitting there yeah it was, the was game like, presser and he was like do you think kobe come, could come out here and still, and still? he said you al, kidding al harrington that's who it was because like, those are two play
1: well together who asked that question are you serious yeah. yes yeah. he goes i know what you're trying to do you want kobe to come out here and make me look like a fool which he would <laughs> to a lot of people but uh joe johnson 175 single point single season point record very impressive still could potentially be in the NBA over Carmelo Anthony.
0: That's a joke, man. Did you see that thing that uh, Royce, Royce White said yesterday?
1: I've seen a lot that Royce White – I guess somehow Royce White got anointed the um, clown of the big three. Would you – I mean – Oh, he,
0: no. No, he had me until he said – Do you really think LeBron's not trying to get Carmelo in the NBA?
1: He essentially said he's blackballed, though.
0: Yeah, but he's saying you're going to tell me that Jared Dudley should have a spot over
1: Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, but you and I know that's not comparing. That's comparing apples to oranges. That's not comparing the same thing. Why?
0: Why can't Why can't fruit be compared?
1: Uh, you took that line from somebody else. So I think it was Tony.
0: No, I did. It wasn't from Tony. Tony
1: definitely said that.
0: Tony said that because of Lil Dicky
1: saying it. Mm.
0: Yeah. But it was big. It was a big UFC weekend too, wasn't it?
1: Lil Dicky the fourth ball brother
0: yes the fourth ball brother classic right there also an eagle fan i believe as well
1: Mm, good man avid basketball player as well too he ain't bad subpar rapper but good at everything else
0: subpar rapper
1: yeah because like par is you know when you shoot par in golf it's like
0: yeah but if you're subpar in other things if you're subpar in
1: golf that's actually really great yeah but
0: if you're subpar in everything else it's not good okay
1: well, I was trying to be respectful and, like, kind of give him, like... He's, a,
0: definitely, he's definitely at least a, a triple bogey. I,
1: well, okay.
0: If we're going by those terms.
1: I see what you did there. Yeah, he's three over par. Yeah. I, I can handle that. Uh, but, yes, there was some great fights this weekend, UFC 241. Unfortunately, I was not able to watch them live. Um, very saddened by my main man, Daniel Cormier, taking his He got rocked, dude. Yeah. By body shots originally too. That's what body shots did him in. Couldn't keep those hands up. See, it's tough to feel sorry
0: for guys like him though because yeah. it, and I don't think he wants anybody to. Correct. Especially with how he was talking. He's like, you know, talking to his son, he was like, "No quick grind. You know, I'm all right." Like the at that point you like kind of feel a little soft spot, but it's like, "No, this dude talks more trash than almost
1: anybody." Kind of. He he's picked up on it recently cuz it's like the attitude era of yeah. wrestling. So he knows to sell pay-per-views, and he just started getting paid for that. He had, like, five title defenses at 205, and he really wasn't making making much money before that. So, yeah, unfortunately, that's – How short is that guy? 5'11", I think. Because he does not – he looks way bigger than – you say 205? Well, he was fighting 205 previously. Isn't he? He's big. This time he weighed in at 236.5 before the fight, and he could have gone up to 265. The interesting thing was Stipe weighed in under him so Stipe weighed in at 230 which if you remember last episode i said they probably weigh in from 238 to 246 somewhere in that ballpark so both of them weighed in lighter than what they were previous fights so
0: so this was the one that you called the legacy fight right
1: this was the legacy fight so where do you go from here i think daniel cormier actually said he could potentially come back and fight because he wants to avenge his loss he always said he doesn't want to retire going out on his back but my question is what fight is there for him so if he goes back down to 205 obviously the fight would be john jones sounds like they're trying to push john jones up to 265 like the media is kind of insinuating that to fight brock lesnar right no brock lesnar is probably done i think kurt Did you angle see what he said kurt angle was the one who originally came out and said he wants to fight him but Dude, that would not be good for Brock Lesnar. He said, I would,
0: I would embarrass that dude. Oh,
1: my goodness. Yeah. Brock Lesnar is a beast of a man, but striking-wise, he would, he would be in trouble. So, um, yeah, interesting fight. Stipe regains his championship, rightfully so. And, by the way, I did go three for three on my picks, picking two underdogs and one favorite in the fights. Um, good fight, from what I saw, ended in the fourth round. We also had the uh, Paulo Costa and Yoel Romero fight. Another one that I got correct, that was the favorite. Paulo Costa was the young and up-and-coming lion taking out the seasoned veteran in Yoel Romero. Is he related to Apollo Creed? He looks like he might be because he's jacked. He's probably the biggest 185-pounder in the division currently. And it uh, was not without controversy going to see what your opinion is. Paulo Costa actually came out and said that Yoel Romero is a very nice dude, but is a dirty fighter. So in my opinion, in a fight, almost anything goes. You know, the rules state certain things. But would you do this if you were a fighter? Okay. So Paulo Costa said that they were fighting and Yoel Romero kind of pointed somewhere and didn't really say anything, right? Yoel Romero's Cuban and Paulo Costa's Brazilian. So I think there's a language barrier, right? They don't both speak. I would, I would think so, yeah. Portuguese is what the Brazilians speak, and I don't know what Cubans speak. I f- believe Spanish. Really? Yeah. Okay. So I think there's a communication barrier, but I know those two are somewhat similar. Um, he pointed to the ground or pointed somewhere else, and he, what Paulo Costa was accusing him of doing was saying that maybe his mouthpiece fell out or maybe something happened. As far as him to stop and then he'd throw a punch. So it was like a distraction.
0: So he did this more than one time.
1: That's what he said. I've watched the tapes and I don't see it personally. Okay.
0: Here's yeah. my thing. Yes. he does it he does it once. Yeah. There's a problem. Yeah. He does it more than so you're one saying time. You can't do it. If you do it one time. If you do it multiple times and the guy keeps falling for it, yeah. first of all, if you don't keep doing it after he falls for it the second time, then you're an idiot. Yeah. But second of all, if you keep falling for it, that's on you. I agree 100%. That's – you're an idiot. This is – I'm trying to beat you, and the there's certain ground rules. Nowhere in there does it say, hey, you can't point at something.
1: And that's keep don't in mind – Don't look, you fight. idiot. Yeah. It's a fight. So it's not like – I don't know. It's not like something you should really be – but he said he would lose his focus, and then he'd get cracked by a punch. Um, to me, it reminded me a lot of, you see how a lot of people touch gloves when they come out at mm-hmm. fights. Yeah, There's been, and also a famous Floyd Mayweather situation where people are touching gloves and then you get cracked by a hard right or left or a head kick or whatever and you go down. So that's mm-hmm. kind of what it reminded me of. To me, it's like, hey, you're in here to fight. I wouldn't ever touch gloves personally. I'd just say, hey, I respect you. So bro. you
0: wouldn't touch them at the very no, beginning? Never.
1: Not I the touch very gloves beginning, at the not very beginning, that. Just too many things can go wrong. So
0: would you hug a dude at the end? After the fight's over,
1: I'm not into hugging dudes personally. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm not, not a saying it like that.
0: You know, like a five <laughs> the the half hug.
1: They they say you create a special bond in there by beating each other's brains. Then
0: like punching someone in the face to grow a bond.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then the other fight was uh, Nate Diaz. Oh, the the other thing, Paulo Costa accused him of doing. There was some other stuff, but it was a close fight and controversial decision.
0: Let me let me ask you a question. Yeah, actually, first finish your thought on that that was it i mean how um so first off shout out nate diaz for uh blowing trees in the way in
1: no cbd which is is that what it was yeah cbd you can't you actually can't use marijuana it's a performance that's what i was about to ask you
0: how did how did he do that yeah without getting without failing a drug test
1: that's what it is a cbd so they test your thc level And it's like um, a performance-enhancing drug test. Now, you know, those tests haven't came back yet. So when Dana White was interviewed, he's like, I'm hoping it was CBD because otherwise, you know, it's just like the NFL, it's levels. It's picograms. I I don't fully understand all the testing. I'm not knowledgeable on it. But, yeah, I did see the video. (laughs) So
0: what happens if it comes back and it was weed?
1: Well, I mean, it's marijuana. I'm
0: talking about if it wasn't CBD, it was full – like, THC. Pineapple Express, THC, yeah. some, not then, some of that Reggie stuff that some of these other
1: dudes. The made. fight will come down as a no decision. Um, he won't have a win or a loss, I don't think, um, and, and neither will Pettis. So it's as if it didn't happen. But, you know, there will be fines involved. He'll get suspended. His older brother, Nate Diaz, was suspended for a while. And then he What's actually... What's Nate Diaz's older brother? Nick Diaz. Okay. And then um, he also... So once USADA came in to do the drug testing for... UFC, you actually had to list your locations of where you're going for it. Because if they wanted to test you, if you're in what they call the fighter pool. So even if you're not fighting currently, but you want a fight in the future, they still are going to test you. Because just like we've seen with John Bones Jones, when you take some of that stuff, it changes your body physically for a substantial amount of time, and it stays in your system. So... They want to be able to test you, and they want to test you at any time. He wasn't reporting where he was going. So he'd just go off to Mexico. They'd see him, and then they'd be like, hey, dude, you've done this three times now. We So, yeah, I don't know if Nick Diaz will ever come back and fight. But I think Nate Diaz knows those rules. I think he was – he also didn't show up for one of the uh, – pre-fight pressers, like a, a face-off, where they which was hilarious as well, too, because Anthony Pettis was there, and like Dana White's up there, got his hands up in there and stand next to Pettis. Well,
0: didn't that happen in the Khabib-McGregor fight, too?
1: There's It's happened multiple times yeah. before, yes. But Nate Diaz is notorious for creating press lines, which, once again, that's selling a fight. Yeah. So you make money, and he's, he's one of the highest-paid UFC athletes, hadn't fought for three years. Now they're talking about potential fight with Jorge Masvidal, which was phenomenal after, which, by the way, Nate Diaz won. Once again, underdog, called it three for three. Thank you very much. Um, should have parlayed all three of those. Would have been a nice little payout. But he calls out Jorge Masvidal, and this is what he says. He says, Jorge Masvidal, the dude who just knocked out Ben Askren with that flying knee in six seconds, I okay. think it was, set the record. He goes, you're an East Coast gangster you're true there ain't nothing like a west coast gangster so he's saying it's east versus west his manager abe kawa is talking about like the tupac versus biggie beef and Get it out of here dude. it being stockton california versus i think it's miami so they county. Gonna fight county like omaha well so the joke is jorge masvidal wants to fight because remember he was on those kimbo videos he wants to fight nate diaz's backyard that's what he says
0: where does nate diaz live on stockton
1: california Yeah, which is not going to happen. But it's very, very good press and very comical to me. Good fight as well, too. I was worried. Nate Diaz was getting pieced up in the first round. He looked tired, which cardio and durability is a specialty. Anthony Pettis broke his foot on Nate Diaz's face or head in the first round. Mm. Yeah. To go three five-minute rounds and to have a broken foot for a full 10 minutes and keep fighting. Dude, that blows my mind. Or even like uh, Santos, who tore his all three ACL, MCL, and LCL, and you keep fighting. Like these dudes are I wonder are crazy. how much of
0: that stuff you know you're really going off of adrenaline.
1: Oh, well. A like lot I
0: guarantee you, as soon as that fight was over and he calmed down in that locker room, I guarantee you it killed him, dude.
1: Yeah, I, it hurts, but that's what I'm saying. For you to continue on, so so, yes, adrenaline is it, but you got to give credit. These dudes are tough as nails.
0: Oh, I'm not taking any anything away from them. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm that has to be what it is. It's just that adrenaline's pumping so much that you don't feel it as much.
1: Yeah, you're in the heat of the moment. You got a dude trying to bash your brain through the canvas. Like you're just going to keep trying to defend yourself and put him out before he puts you. It's kill or be killed. It's yep. the ultimate version of chess. And uh, remember, I, I showed you the picture of Mike Perry's nose where the dude's nose was completely crooked. Yeah. So he did an interview recently. It was his first interview back, and he was talking about in the fight he actually knew when the dude need him. It it hurt his nose, but he said the most pain was exactly what you said. When he went to the back, you know, they stick those metal rods up in there and then straighten his nose out. Oh. Yeah. He said, like, they're asking him. It was, Ariel Helani is a great interviewer. It was a guy I was telling you about. As far as MMA, he's a guy I would love to try to be as good as. And he's asking him. He's like, "What were you thinking when all of this was going on? When it happened in the back?" And he goes, "I really wasn't thinking until I got into the back. And when they were putting my rods in those no, in my nose, because he bled out a lot in that fight, like more than I've seen somebody bleed in a long time." And he goes, "I was thinking, was my brain bleeding? Am I going to die? Like, is this a broken nose? Is this more? It was. It was pretty honest and revealing interview.
0: Phew. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah,
1: but." Great, great card overall. A lot of the undercard stuff was very good. Um, I was actually at Jacksonville State University.
0: Saturday, you know where I was, baby. Yeah. Seeing the Rat King.
1: It's almost as good as Jacksonville State, dude. It was so good. Yeah, you seemed pretty happy.
0: Oh, it was. It was really good, dude. Yeah. It was He definitely lived up to to what I, my expectations, and then some. He.
1: Did you get to meet him after or anything? No. Nah, see, I, I
0: wish I would have paid attention to it more and bought the vip even if i went by myself
1: oh so he was charging for a vip now yeah
0: i don't know how much he i mean he's always charged for vip i believe
1: no well it used to be he'd just do a meet and greet after that's how a lot of people are until you get so famous you can't meet 500 yeah. people in a the night or there was whatever. A
0: heckler for for his opener though
1: really yeah did he get removed or you go back at the him the dude
0: kept going and he was like look man like i'm gonna kick you out yeah and, like, he said one more thing, and he's like, all right, I think we should get this guy out of here. But they never did anything. Hmm. And, but the guy showed up. Where was up. it at again? It was at the Kentucky Center.
1: Hmm. Yeah. How got, many do you think that seated?
0: Uh, 500 maybe. Yeah. It wasn't very many.
1: And, and your ticket was roughly? What, from the stage? No, price-wise. Uh,
0: 44 bucks. So, 500 times 40. Uh, it, all of them. Mine were more expensive. So, yeah. there was forty-four, or, there was 38 and 28 – So there's like, a $6 fee. Yeah, so.
1: And then, obviously, they're getting their cut. But he's not making And he did how many shows, do you know?
0: Two here. Two. Just
1: that one night? Mm Mm-hmm. Surprised he didn't have a weekend lined up.
0: Well, he had – he did Nashville yesterday or the day before. Okay. And then he did another place – or Memphis the day before, maybe. Something like that. And then the next day – it might have been Memphis Thursday, Nashville Friday – louisville saturday and then he went somewhere else uh, sunday
1: maybe indy or cincy or yeah. columbus or somewhere in that Fall chicago something like that yeah that would make sense yeah new yeah. stuff or old stuff
0: oh it was new so he started saying stuff but it was like oh this is gonna be old stuff like yeah. he meant did you you watch his stand up on netflix
1: i don't think i've seen it yet no he talked i about, don't have netflix
0: he talked about dairy the kid that grew up in his neighborhood he said, "Yeah, I like the food group." And I was like, "Oh, he's going to tell this story again." Yeah. But it was a different story about dairy. So if you've watched the stand-up on Netflix, you know who Dairy is. Yeah. He said he, he always talks about the DS kid Dairy that shoots all that shot everyone's pets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then you got uh, he talked about a kid in his class. He talked about his dad as well again. Okay. And he talks about his dad a lot anyway, but
1: yeah, it's an th- interesting story.
0: Yeah, his, a lot of people that don't know him didn't realize his dad was 70 years old when he had him. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it was crazy because he said his dad had a stroke right after he was born. This is one of his old Netflix special. And he said, so we learned to walk in at the same time.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's a good it's, way of looking at it. Yeah.
0: yeah, so, I mean, he started stories out like that, and I was like, well, I, I guess he's just going to tell some of the same jokes, but they were different jokes talking about the same person. Yeah. Um,
1: which is good because you get you take old stuff and you tweak it and change yeah. it into new but his sticking point is yeah. you know him on a personal level so yeah. him talking about his stories in his past is what he's best at like yeah. some comedians come up with jokes that are just a joke about something his is like storytelling
0: yeah his whole thing was just telling different stories right and like talking about when he was in school and stuff and oh man there was so many good parts <laughs> but see Shab <laughs> like,
1: does that too so yeah. that's why those two kind of understand where each other is coming from when they're on that podcast
0: i told you man shops was a lot better than what i thought it would be it started out a little slow but it ended really good
1: yeah i saw he's doing some new content as well too i watched one of it and it was i forget what even about but it was decent
0: i wonder if it was different than his showtime special it it, it, yeah.
1: it was it showed <laughs> actually he videotaped him doing a new bit at the comedy store and just kind of put it out there and you could tell he was working through it like the timing was a little off and and i'm not very knowledgeable on comedians but i've and when you listen to all these different podcasts from all these different comedians tom segura burt kreischer joe rogan um, steve renazizi you know obviously theo vaughn andy dick all these different guys right they talk about your cadence your stage profile even you like how you conduct yourself yeah um and, and then the timing of when you're dropping the joke as far as in between other jokes so you start looking for that type of stuff and you could tell he was working through it but it was still pretty good
0: yeah they're they're both really funny and it's funny man because i told you I, i've gotten grant on theo Vaughn now that he's texting me all the time about this past weekend episodes and stuff yeah and it's cool to get i mean because you you and like i said on that post on facebook you and matt o'brien were the ones that got me to start like the Check him out,
1: which and, is funny because you, you always say that about me, and I i never really like pushed it on you or anything. I think you I, just
0: showed I, me a couple of clips, and I was like, This dude I is I hilarious! Something that you <laughs> yeah. thought would
1: be funny, or I, uh, or something that was related. That's why I always do. If like you and I have a conversation, I yeah. see something related, or uh,
0: well, you had been telling me about him, and I was like, that's weird because Matt, my buddy Matt, had told me about him. Yeah, and you were like, Here, check this out, and it, I think it was. Right before, not to bring up old bad times, but right before the North Carolina blowout,
1: oh, thank it was you. it
0: was at the fireworks store, yeah. and you were like, "Here, check this out." And you showed me like one of those like best of clips of okay. like King and the Sting because yeah. that's what it was. You were trying to get me to listen to King and the Sting, and I just no, hadn't done it yet. Probably Fighter
1: and the Kid more than
0: no. It was King and the Sting because you said you like Brendan Shaw, and and he said I I think Theo Von check this out. And you showed me, And I was like,
1: yeah, that would have been early on. That would have been like their first couple nuts. episodes.
0: Yeah, it was it. It, I guess it was before that then. I think so. It might have been I earlier I think it was just, that, yeah. you know
1: how he's got those, um, like, his best of hits? Yeah. Like, not only on one thing, just of him in general. I yeah. think that's what it might have been.
0: He's so funny to me, though, dude. Yeah. And seeing him in person, like all four of us that went, it was me and Joey, Daniel, and uh, Matt Mullins. Yeah. And – we get in the truck and Matt goes, "Yeah, that was money well spent for sure. That was," he said, "that was so good." <laughs> yeah.
1: How long was it? I mean, first um, of all, it's cool that you all went together too. Yeah. you guys are having fun together. But
0: we it started at seven. I think we got in the truck about eight fifty. There was a guy that was from here, or no, we got in the we got in the truck about eight thirty. I'm sorry, he was on for about an hour, hour and ten minutes. Yeah, so he which had is an which is a yeah. He had two openers. Uh, the well, first one's opener, an opener,
1: one's a middle. If you're in the industry, you know what I'm saying, you know this.
0: Well, I guess the first guy would be considered an MC because he was from Louisville.
1: Okay, but did he do bits and stuff?
0: He did, but a lot of MCs do that anyway. Yeah. So, But I, then he,
1: he introed the next person, and then he introed, so he was the one leading you the whole night. He actually
0: nine. didn't intro. the. It was weird because it was like... The guy that was from Louisville, Yes. and then it was the opener, and then it was Theo Vaughn. Because the guy said, I've been opening for Theo Vaughn all over the United States. Okay. And he was really Who good, was too. it? Do you remember his name? Uh, Ari Manis. Okay. He was. it was Ari, he was,
1: uh, what's his last name? There's another Ari Schaffer. I think it was Ari Manis. Okay. Because he liked my
0: picture on on Instagram. Nice. Yeah, so, I mean, I can look at it real quick. I'm pretty sure it was Ari Manis, though.
1: Yeah, there's an Ari Chauffeur who is with the Joe Rogan group, and he's he's out there.
0: Yeah, Ari, Ari Manis or Ari Manis, A-R-I-M-A-N-N-I-S. I think Ari was right, yeah, but he's, I don't know. He is really funny, though. Good stuff. Yeah. yeah. It was it definitely money well spent. I think with him selling out two shows, I think if he comes back again, it'll definitely be at, like, the Palace or something with one show. Yeah. I think he could sell at the Palace.
1: Or do a weekend. I mean, uh, that to me it'd make more sense if he keeps growing to try to do a weekend somewhere.
0: Well, that's the thing though, man. I mean, even Chappelle Chappelle did two days here. Yeah. The first time like that was when he was really kicking off and coming back. He did two shows Saturday and one show Sunday.
1: what Sandler do? Didn't you see Sandler?
0: Sandler did two shows maybe or one he did one or two shows. Yeah. I think he did two. And that both of the both of those guys were at the Palace. The first time I saw Kevin Hart he was at the palace, and then the second time I saw Kevin Hart, he was at the Yum Center. So,
1: yeah, that's um, pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, and it was like packed, packed too.
1: Yeah. So, oh, yeah. he filled a show. He did. Uh, he did want the Eagles stand? Yeah. Right? Was it Lincoln Financial or was it the I don't know what it's I called think it was, now, Wachovia Center or whatever? I think
0: it's Lincoln Financial because he the did football. it. He did it right in the middle of the field. Yeah, and the entire <laughs> dude that was. It's the biggest comedy
1: show ever. Yeah. I know he was trying to break records with it, which didn't surprise me.
0: But. Yeah. I still um have yet to watch his most recent one. Really? I like Kevin Hart. I just it's weird, man. Like I just ha- I haven't I haven't checked it out.
1: Yeah. I just see stuff randomly, but as far as me watching an entire stand up from beginning to end, I can honestly say it's few and far between that yeah. I've done that. Um if I'm with people and we're doing that, okay, yeah, but I just don't turn that on and, and let it roll.
0: Yeah. So, we talked about it last week. I don't know if we mentioned it on here, but football's coming up, man. It's a coming. And we, we both have a team in one in the same conference.
1: We do. You know, so, I think i got a funny football story for you, too. Let's hear it. So, when I played football when I was younger, I think back to my first game. Med? No. C-C-Y-F-L. All right. But I already told you about learning how to snap the ball and how mm-hmm. to receive it as a quarterback. That was a good one. But the even better story is first game of the year, right? You want to talk about nerves like I've never had before. Probably five foot six, probably 67 pounds, and as nervous as you could get. And the opening kickoff comes, right? And I'm not on the punt return team – or the kick return team. Excuse me. I'm already messing stuff up. But we have a coach's son who's on there. And this is a smaller kid who's shorter than me but about same build. Catches it in the end zone, right? Goes to run it out, gets scared, sees the people coming, runs back into the end zone, two kids tackle him, and a dog pile ensues. The entire other team <laughs> dog piles him, right? So the kid lays there like he's dead, doesn't doesn't move, doesn't do anything. And the crowd just gets like silent. Now little did they know this kid did this almost every practice. And so the coach is on the sideline. I think it was the assistant coach, but he's just got his head in his hands, you know, like, get up, Johnny, or whatever his (laughs) name was. So my buddy, Brandon Eisen, who played with us, his mom is in the crowd, goes to the sideline and pulls Brandon Eisen off the team. He quits game one (laughs) on the opening (laughs) kick return because his mom would not let him play. Yeah. So needless to say, I ended up getting the ball at 20, and it was from then on I had a blast. But, man, I was as scared as you could get watching this kid get cream. He ended up going off in an ambulance, 100% fine. His dad was <laughs> pissed. Oh, my god, That's a big bill to be faking, dude. Oh, he was so mad. He was like, he's no – and the people were like, no, we have to test him. You know, this was before concussion protocol was really serious. But he's like, we have to do tests. He could have a broken neck. He could da-da-da. They're like, no, he does this. And they're like, he's laying on the ground, not moving, sir. We have to do this. So, yeah, ended up winning as well as every other game until we got to the – it's like a local championship. I don't even know what it was. And the Packers ended up beating us. We were the Chiefs. They were the Packers. Mm. But, yeah, that reminded me when we were talking about football. Hopefully that doesn't happen in the ACC this year,
0: especially
1: not to the Tar Heels.
0: So – My team's in the Atlantic Division, your team's in the Coastal, so my idea was, hey, let's preview the ACC, I'll let you do the Coastal, I'll do the Atlantic. So what we're going to do is, I'll take one team, did you do yours in alphabetical order? Yes. Okay, so we just went in alphabetical order, but we put our team last. Now I'm not so
1: good at spelling.
0: I realize this. (laughs) So hopefully you just copied the order down off of a website or something.
1: No. I did. I had to do them in my head, A, B, C, D, and then I had to go back and start over again on the next one, A, B. Only one that was kind of tricky, Virginia and Virginia Tech for me.
0: Why is that tricky?
1: Well, I don't know which one you do first. Virginia. Okay.
0: I mean, that's not going to matter. Well, I'll change my paper. No big deal. But what we did was we put them in alphabetical order. I'll do one, he'll do one, or he'll do one, then I'll do one, whatever. But we put our teams last. (laughs) Whatever. Because that's going to be the ones we're going to talk about the longest. So if you get to that point and you're like, oh, yes, Louisville's coming next, or okay, North Carolina's coming next, they're not going to be until last for both of us. So
1: so don't skip this episode. Is yeah. that what you are just trying to tell people?
0: No, I'm letting you know that, hey, we're not skipping Louisville and North Carolina. They're just last on our, on our list. ACC's going to be very interesting this year,
1: first of all, too. Now, obviously, they're top-heavy, and they have the one-team, Clemson, who's – Ranked number one preseason. But you also have a couple of other people who are in the mix. We'll get into those on this. I personally think there's going to be a lot of mid level teams. Mm-hmm. I did see something come out the other day where they were ranking the Power Five conferences. And unfortunately, ACC was ranked fifth.
0: Yeah. I think we're what, only ahead of the Pac 12?
1: Uh, well, I'm, I, we're ranked fifth out of the Power Five. So that's. Oh, last. yeah.
0: Crap. That is the all five. Yeah, yes, never mind.
1: Is. SEC was first. Um, Big, Big Ten was second. Big Ten was second. Big Twelve was fourth, actually, before us, and Pac Twelve was third. Pac, wow, yeah, that's a little surprising. Big Twelve and Pac Twelve, though, I guess that's one A, one B, is how it kind of. I mean, said who do
0: they have in the Pac Twelve? I don't know UFC, USC, USC, and Oregon, I guess.
1: Yeah. Oh well, but you're talking about how you're high on Oregon earlier. No, don't don't that, retract that, that statement now. It's
0: not that I'm high on Oregon; I'm low on Auburn.
1: Oh.
0: Yeah, I just not really that high on Auburn. Okay. So, you want to go first or you want me to go first?
1: Or Eagle. I don't care. But,
0: All right. Well, I'm just telling you this. Louisville's going last because this is a Louisville-centric podcast. I'm just letting you know. So, whatever we get to, you may do two in a row.
1: You know what Louisville can do? I'll go so, first with Duke. Duke- <laughs> <laughs> so, Duke Duke is interesting. Duke was 8-5 and five last year, but I think they overachieved a little bit. Obviously, you've got some key losses, and they only have four starters returning on the offensive end. Um, your replacement quarterback, uh, Quentin Harris, is a better runner than what Daniel Jones was. Daniel Jones went sixth pick in the NFL draft.
0: Yeah, I mean it was a little. Over. It was he got drafted a little early, but still he was still a solid quarterback for what they had.
1: But that's the question. Yeah. He he was drafted earlier for what he achieved at Duke, but the potential is there, and we've already seen glimpses of greatness for him there. So I, I hate to say anything positive about a Dukey. But, yeah, he could be a good player. Um, they also have their leading uh, receiver returning in Jake Bobo, um, but he only had 10 catches for 167 yards last season. A that was their leading receiver? Yes. So, uh, or, or he'll be their leading receiver this year. They had other guys oh, who so they're that's losing. Oh, their, so
0: that's their high – okay. Yes. So they lost a lot on the receiving
1: Sorry, court. I didn't do a great job of explaining that. But they lost a major couple of pieces in the receiving core. Um, he's also returning from a broken clavicle, so he won't probably be there the first couple of games. Oh man, yeah. So their receiving core is not so depleted great this to year. say the least. Yeah, they do have three returning offensive linemen and two returning running backs, so that's the highlight. Um, and obviously, four of those were starters. Um, defensively, they return eight starters, so that's where that's solid. I, I think that's a key thing for them. Um, including the return of cornerback Mark Gilbert, who is actually not a starter last year because he's returning from a hip injury, but he picked off seven passes two years ago. Um, So hopefully, and he was hurt early last year, hopefully he will be a big piece for them. I'm projecting him to have at least seven interceptions again. Well,
0: hopefully that's not like one of those Isaiah Thomas, you know, like one of those uh, Johnny Flynn hip injuries, you know what I mean? Hopefully it was just something that, hey, let's take the precautionary time to to, to sit out and stuff
1: like that. Hip injuries are no joke. No. That's not something you want to have. But, But they also have a good safety. Dylan Singleton, he was hurt last year with a broken ankle. They also have another safety, Marquise Waters and uh, Leonard Johnson. So their DBs look to be impressive. Their defensive line returns all four starters. Which is
0: always a good thing.
1: Phenomenal. And uh, linebacker core is going to be the issue for them. They've got a junior, Brandon Hill, who will be one of the team's leading tacklers in the linebacker position, but not much else there. Rank their best players for you. Uh, I've got it one through five. You've got their running back and kick returner, Deion Jackson, Jr., You've got their cornerback, Mark Gilbert, Jr. You've got their quarterback, uh, Quentin Harris, who's a senior. Um, You've got a safety, Dylan Singleton, who's a senior. And then you've got a defensive end, Victor um, Demukeje. I know I was going to miss, (laughs) but who's a junior. I know I I tried like six times today to get that correct. Um, Interesting thing to me, I would say some of their keys to success. You need a good run game. Um, they've got an inexperienced wide-receiving core, so that's why I say that. Duke was also 6-1 and one last year when rushing 120 yards or more, so important stat there. 12-3 over the last two years when they've rushed 120 yards or more in a game. Turnovers are obviously another key. Um, don't turn it over offensively and then cause them to turn it over defensively. Shocker there. But only 13 forced turnovers last year eight games they had in a row with no fumble recovery so you can't do that this year their schedule is pretty brutal Uh, you open against Alabama you also have notable games against Notre Dame Syracuse Miami and Virginia Um, a key feature game that I think for them is important to their season is September 27th against Virginia Tech I've got them as projected six and six for the season
0: nice so my first team I have are the Boston College. I think it's Eagles, just regular Eagles. Yeah, Golden Eagles, right? It might be the Golden Eagles. That's what, I, that's what i almost said. So they obviously returned one of the nation's most electrifying running backs in AJ Dillon, Heisman hopeful. But they lose three starters off the offensive line, which is potentially a huge problem when you have a really good running back. So they also lost three other top four receiving targets. And with a passing game that, you know, already kind of struggled anyway. Yeah. I mean, their quarterback was more of a rushing quarterback, and it doesn't really bode well when you have receivers out there that don't really – there. it's like you have Georgia Tech in yours. Yes. If you're a receiver until this year, why would you even go to Georgia Tech? Yeah. Like, if I'm being honest, like, I wouldn't even go there at all unless they were like, we'll give you a scholarship to come block.
1: Yeah, Paul Johnson's option offense was known for the deep threat as well, yeah. but not for any mid I think they stuff. threw
0: one pass against us <laughs> last year. They beat the wow. breaks off. They beat us by like 50 points last year, and they threw wow. one pass. It's but impressive. Yeah, they, returned, they only returned four starters to their defense that was ranked 11th in the ACC. Uh, last season, so the offense will need to score a lot of points. But when you have one of the best players in the conference, probably I would rate second, maybe third best player in the conference behind two players that play for the next team that I'll talk about. Um, it, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a good thing. It, to me, the biggest key for Boston College is their quarterback play with Anthony Brown. If Anthony Brown can complete better than fifty, around fifty percent of his passes, like he did last year, yeah. then it's going to take a lot of the load off of Dylan, which will then open up the offense more. Um, I have them projected at eight and four, and five and three in the conference. It's
1: pretty impressive. Uh, I do not expect much from Boston College either, so we'll, we'll see how they go. But teach our own. Uh, Georgia Tech is who I'll go with next. Um, new coach. We, we just mentioned yeah. it. No more Paul Johnson. No more off, option offense. Um, Jeff Collins comes in from Temple. Um, last year, Georgia Tech was seven and six. They're a young team this year with a lot of transfers as well, too, so it'll be tough to mesh all those pieces as well as a first-year coach. Um, last year, the offense averaged 409 yards per game and 34 points per game, which was nation's best running average. Yeah. So that's what surprised me about you know changing the philosophy of it all. They're actually very efficient offensively. Um, well,
0: to be fair, this was one of the first years that they had done that in a long time they yeah. were really and they, still they were really bad 7 and six. Bad. 6 yeah
1: so you can't you got to do better than 7 and 6 because
0: that that offense man it's it's a lot like virginia but virginia has yeah. a lot more talented players or wisconsin you can run that if you're winning but if you're losing you're you're done
1: yeah you're you're trying to control tempo and the clock and keep your defensive off the field I understand where it comes from, but it's not my favorite offense yeah. in the world. Um, quarterback Lucas Johnson Jr. needs to improve in his accuracy this year because, like we said, we will have a more pass-friendly offense. Um, they've got two good returning running backs. The O-line will need to work. Um, they lost one key piece to a transfer to Texas, um, but they'll still be surprisingly good. The wide receiver core um, has some transfers from UConn and Miami, so I think it will be improved um, based on what you said as last year. They were not looking for those pieces at all. Um, Defensive side of the ball, there's seven starters that are going to be gone. The top three tacklers are going to be gone. They'll bring more pressure this year with blitz packages, You know, as you saw with Temple's defense last year. Yeah. Um, I think they'll have some good run-stopping linemen. They've got no depth at the linebacker position, so that is a worrisome thing for any Georgia Tech um, fan. But they've got a few good pieces there. Um, secondary will be competitive but will be inexperienced, so it'll be interesting to see how they do on the defensive side of the ball. Their best players in order, I've got Jordan Mason, a running back, sophomore, uh, cornerback Trace Swilling, sophomore, tight end Tyler Davis, who's a senior, a punter. Now, if you've got a punter as a top five player on your team, that's not a good sign. That's in my not opinion. good. The
0: Patriots just cut their their punter. Really? Yeah. Well, we don't plan on punting all season, baby.
1: I figured maybe Brady was going to take over <laughs> and do something else. Uh, Presley Harvin is the name of the punter. He's a junior. And then linebacker David Curry, who's a senior. Um, surprisingly enough, last year they averaged 19.45 yards per completion, which is what I was telling you about earlier. They had the deep threat, um, which is second most in the NCAA behind Army. Army was the only one who averaged more. The new offense must be more efficient and must utilize more short routes. It's gotta have some more balance to it. Um, And quarterbacks obviously gonna have to be more accurate as I stated earlier. As far as on the defensive side of the ball, they need to have a better pass rush. Um, Their third down defense needs to improve. Last year was actually the second worst in college football. So very important stat there. Um, key player to focus on is going to be their quarterback, Lucas Johnson Jr. What's he going to do? And uh, they their schedule, they open at Clemson. They play UC, USF. They play Temple. They play Miami. They play Virginia. And then they finish with Georgia. So tough schedule in hmm, my opinion. Yeah. I do think Georgia Tech will be improved this year as far as their team. But I think their record will not be improved that's what
0: kind of sucks i mean not i'm not going to give anything away about louisville but yeah louisville i think will be improved this is one of the toughest schedules we've ever played yeah north
1: carolina doesn't have an easy one either but uh it's acc it's like i said it's a mid-level i think you know anybody who bets acc is going to have a tough time this year you better bet on the homer is what i would say i've got georgia tech projected at six and six for the season
0: nice so you'll notice
1: a recurring theme with that
0: (laughs) so the next team i have is uh a team you might have heard of. Uh, a team that you and I both would, I'm guess, going to guess, would have them winning the conference outright. Shanghai Sharks. Yes. Mm. The Clemson Tigers. Yeah. Clemson Tigers obviously coming off of an embarrassing win over, or an embarrassing victory. Or I'm sorry, I guess I should say it like this. Coming off a national championship game where they absolutely embarrassed Alabama. For the yeah. first time that I can ever remember Alabama being embarrassed. Yeah. I, like, it's... Does they did happen. them dirty. Yeah, uh,
1: which Nick Saban's probably going to have a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. This
0: probably. Year. I I want to see that rematch. I do. I want to see him play again.
1: I think there's a good chance we will.
0: Yeah. So, the Clemson returns their two best offensive players. Trevor Lawrence, probably, actually not probably, is the Heisman front runner. True sophomore threw for thirty touchdowns and eight interceptions. While also, thrown for three thousand two hundred eighty yards when taken over. After taking over for Kelly Bryant, who is now in Missouri.
1: Almost went to North Carolina.
0: Who Kelly Bryant did? Yeah. A did
1: worthwhile. they not clear him? Or? No, he just chose not to go there. We had a good freshman coming in that, you know, shout out to Mac Brown. Don't want to get too much into it. But, yeah. uh,
0: but they also return uh, probably one of the conference's most underrated players. That's why I said A.J. Dillon was one of two, two top three players. Travis Etienne, who rushed for 1,658 yards. And twenty four touchdowns last year. Yeah, averaged over eight yards per carry, and they also returned. They also returned a really big, dominant. Uh, what would you call it? possession receiver Justin Ross, who's a sophomore? Okay, uh, led the team with a hundred receiving with one thousand receiving yards. That's a pretty one,
1: good year, right there.
0: Uh, as well as averaging around twenty two yards a catch. Yeah, um, the defense, though, on the other hand, did lose. One of the most dominant defensive lines we've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, you have guys like—I I can't even think of their name right now because my mind's gone blank. But they had some of the best, one of the best defensive lines. I remember the, the picture of them dressing up like the Power Rangers. You remember that <laughs> no. for Halloween? Yeah, it was pretty cool actually. <laughs> they were huge and they were dressed up like the Power Rangers. Yeah. Now I know they lost them. I know they lost those guys, but it's Clemson. Correct. Just like Alabama, they're going to reload. These next two, this season, this past season and the season coming up, they're probably going to have two of the best recruiting classes of all time. Yeah. So you take that into account, and like I said, some of the best defensive players ever. But last season, Xavier Thomas, who is one of their highest-rated recruits, saw a lot of time. Okay. And will play end as well as uh, Logan Logan Rudolph and K.J. Henry, who actually redshirted last season. Okay. Okay. Uh, their starters at the tackle spots will most likely be a guy named uh, Niles Pinckney and Jordan Williams with Tyler Davis and Xavier Kelly, vying for time as well. The only question mark on defense seems to me to be is the linebacker position. Losing Shaq Smith, who transferred to uh, Maryland, former ACC team.
1: Hey, Maryland got a lot of transfers this year. Yeah, the,
0: who did they, they got that coach from Alabama, didn't they?
1: I don't know, but I, I, I know uh, a couple of teams that I was looking at in the ACC had multiple people transfer to Maryland too.
0: Yeah, and then they also lost Kendall Joseph and Trey Lamar, who both went to the NFL. Uh, the secondary should be great with a lot of depth as well. Some younger time coming in with that recruiting class I was just talking about. Uh-huh. Uh, Clemson, uh, no surprise here. I have them going twelve and 8 and zero in the conference.
1: Yeah,
0: I don't I don't have them. I don't see anyone in the conference that's going to even test them.
1: No, no, I think Syracuse would be the one that I would say would be an interesting matchup stylistically, but I, I don't see it happening. I
0: mean, you look at their schedule. They open up with Georgia Tech and then Texas A&M at home.
1: A&M's the one that's yeah. not our conference, but that'll yeah. be probably their toughest game on the schedule from what I saw.
0: I mean, they play their two toughest games in, at the beginning of the season because they had Texas A&M at home, then they go to the Carrier Dome and play Syracuse on September 14th. Right. So – um, then you got Charlotte, who that's the team that Lamar had eight touchdowns in one half against the year he won the Heisman. And that's not an exaggeration. Yep. Legit had eight touchdowns.
1: Are you still mad about that, by the way? About what? Lamar. Not being on the list. Uh, yeah,
0: I'm still a little perturbed about that. <laughs> um, But, yeah, I mean, they're, they're – I mean, the thing is, is like after last season, you can't really argue with how good or bad their schedule is because right. they can't really help how good or bad their conference is at the moment.
1: And if you're them, you're coming in preseason number one, and you just embarrassed Alabama. You don't. You're the athletic director. You don't put a super tough schedule together. Yeah. You win every game. You have the respect of what you did last year. You make it into the playoffs, and then you prove yourself in the playoffs. Yeah. So, I, in my opinion, it was an intelligent thing. Now, most of these contracts are done in advance, so it kind of worked itself out. But I agree. Another thing that I'll add to you is I was looking at a list of projected top twenty-five players in the ACC this year. 13 of them were on Clemson's roster
0: that's nuts dude yeah how high was ETN on that list
1: I don't remember where who people were where they were but it was just 13 of them had a Clemson paw next to it
0: before I looked at it I did not realize that Travis ETN had 24 touchdowns last year yeah that's nuts
1: yeah it's pretty impressive But moving on to another team that I think will actually be surprisingly good in the ACC is Miami. Miami is uh, getting back to kind of Miami ways with Manny Diaz um, replacing Mark Richt. Um, I I think one good thing about having the nation's 104th best offense last year is that you don't lose many people. So so they've got eight starters who return on offense. Um, Good transfers coming in. They've got a freshman by the name of Jaron Williams who will most likely start at the quarterback, and then they've got two other backup quarterbacks who will be vying um, for that role as well, too. I think Florida, the opening game that they have will be an interesting game for them to determine who will be the future and current starting quarterback. Um, They've got a great receiving core, one of the best receiving cores in the ACC, solid offensive line for pass blocking. Um, Their defense last year led the nation in tackles for loss um, and pass defense. So interesting stat there because, to me, those two things go hand in hand. Um, Possibly the best linebacker core in the country as well, too. Um, Defensive line will be good again. Heavy blitz packages will be coming, and they'll be running a very aggressive defense. Secondary does take a big hit. They lose three guys, but once again, they they will still be solid. So I I look at defense as your front two lines for them will be as good as they get in college football, and your secondary is where people could expose. Um, Best players, I've got wide receiver Jeff Thomas, who's a junior. Linebacker Shaq Quarterman, who's a senior. Wide receiver Lawrence Lager, who's a senior. Uh, Linebacker Michael Pinkney, who's a senior. And then I've got tight end Brevin Jordan, who's a sophomore. Um, Keys for them in success. Last year they had the second worst offense in the ACC. That has to improve. Yeah. You you can't continue to do what you did last year. Um, Heavy turnovers last year with 26 turnovers. 17 um, times they turned the ball over in six losses that they had last year. Last year they went seven and six. They turned the Mm. ball over 17 times in those losses, Um, not only nine times in seven wins. So you see a success – um, ratio when they don't turn the ball over. They must be physical on defense, too. I think they've got a lot of elite speed, but last year they struggled against very physical teams. I think uh, LSU was one of those teams, and there was a couple of other teams. North Carolina actually didn't do terrible against them as well, too, is a little more physical. I've got them projected as 9-3 and three this year. I think Miami has a very man- manageable schedule. They open against Florida, and then their roster or their uh, schedule kind of falls off from there. Yeah. So expect Miami to be in the mix at the end of the season for some decent bowl games, um, but nine and three is what I've got them projected as.
0: Nice. So sticking in that same state, you have a team that, um, it's kind of, I, I don't really. It's one of those teams where I don't really know how to take them. You have a lot of talent on the roster, but I don't trust Willie Taggart. Uh, Willie Taggart to me I I started looking at it a lot when John did the episode with me a couple years ago and talked about Willie Taggart and I started really taking a look at Willie Taggart he really he really got a lot of his success off other coaches coattails Hmm. he took a lot of the other coaches talent and that year that maybe should have been that other coach's talent and won with them and then left yeah so I got Florida State you have James Blackman back uh, DeAndre Francois transferred to uh, Florida Atlantic, I believe, one of those two. Uh, they also have Wisconsin transfer Alex Hornybrook at, at quarterback, who's the backup. They also have uh, Jordan Travis, who's a transfer from Louisville, who actually recently just got uh, ruled eligible uh, because he was yelled at too much at practice. Mm. So, yeah, that, that one.
1: Well, I don't want him on my team because he's soft.
0: Well, I mean, I'm sure there was more to it than what he said or than what they came out and said, but that was what the quote-unquote reasoning was just because he got yelled at in practice too much.
1: I'm just sitting here sipping my tea. Don't mind me. Yeah, Uh,
0: They do return Cam Akers, who's, I mean, an NFL talent in the backfield, or an NFL talent at running back. So, I mean, the backfield should technically be okay. Justin Blackman, if you remember a couple years ago, was the one that played when DeAndre DeAndre Francois tore his ACL and what it was. I think it was against Alabama in the first game of the season. Alabama got, Alabama beat them like 28-7, and he was in in the fourth quarter and got tackled towards ACL. Okay. Uh, James Blackman was a true freshman that took over for them and played for the rest of the season. Okay. Um, outside of that, they'll be very young. They lost Naquan Murray, who was their do-all wide receiver. Uh, but they do have Tamori and Terry, who averaged 21 yards a catch and a team high at eight touchdowns. Uh, their defense does return 16 of their top 20 tacklers from a defense that gave up 32 points per game. So it's like, yeah, we have 16 of our top 20 tacklers, <laughs> yeah. but we gave up 32 points a game, we couldn't which, was, anybody. <laughs> which was ranked as the worst pass defense in the ACC. Oh, yeah. So that's where it's like, man, this team is really hard to judge. Cause it's like, right. Hey, we got a lot, we got a lot of players back, but our team's terrible. Yeah. Or our defense was terrible. And it wasn't like they made changes like how other teams have in the ACC, like Miami. They have a lot of players back, But they also make changes on the coaching staff. Right. Georgia Tech, they have a lot of players back, but they also make – this is the same coaching staff at Florida State. Right. So –
1: Even if you don't change the head guy, there's a couple of these teams that we did that – I forget the offensive coordinator's name from Ole Miss. Yeah. Came into one of these schools. So, there's a lot of change that have gone on. Well,
0: Miami actually stole our offensive coordinator. Really? He was – so, he came here to work for Scott Satterfield and then, like, Two days later, he I think he was the quarterback's coach here, and they gave him the all – or it might have been offensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, and then we just bumped up our quarterback. I think that's what it was. I was
1: going to say, if it was quarterbacks, that's a step up. you got to take that.
0: Yeah, I mean, he. either way, Miami's a more prestigious, tre- is a, a prestigious job than Louisville is. Yeah. As much as I hate to say that as a Louisville fan, it really is.
1: I think they're back on the upswing as well too now, which you all are on the upswing hopefully, but that's because you kind of hit the floor last year yeah that's
0: to say that's to say it nicely yeah
1: um and as a two win team fan i can say that to you
0: yeah we were we were code uh two win teams last year yeah um so the key to me uh for my for almost said miami for florida state if their o-line can do a complete 180 pretty much and not be turnstiles and let everyone come in and sack their quarterback or tackle their running back in the backfield um This will obviously help their quarterback completion rating. And their secondary can at least slow down some passing teams, which, like I said, they gave up 32 points per game and they were ranked as the the worst passing defensive team in the the, uh, ACC, which is kind of surprising to me seeing how many Louisville games I went to and watched (laughs) this get absolutely torched. Uh, I think they can improve. I think they can improve from five and seven. But like I said, this team is not a team that I have a lot of trust in. But Florida State, saying that Florida State, I have them at seven and five, four and four in the conference.
1: Okay, I can see all that being true. Uh, my next team on my list will be Pitt. Um, Pitt is kind of an interesting team because I don't know if they underachieved or if they overachieved last year, going seven and seven. Um, they lost two thousand yard rushers and uh, Quadre Allison and um, Darian Hall. Now they'll be a running back or backfield by committee. Uh, young talent they've got, plethora of. You like what I did there? Plethora. It's a good word. It's my word of the day. That's a big word for you, man. I can't spell it. I won't. I won't spell it. But it's a good one. Um, they've got to be more consistent. I would say out of all the teams that we kind of broke down, they were the team that I would consider most Jekyll and Hyde. Um, they look good some weeks against certain teams, and then the next week they come out and lay an egg. Um, Defensively, they've got six returning starters, but they lost three of their top five tacklers. So, once again, that's going to be an issue for them. Um, Lost Rashad Weaver to a torn ACL this year. He was going to be a good piece for them. They do have a good front four, um, but they had key losses at all three levels that I was talking about earlier, your defensive backs, your linebacker core, and and your defensive line. Um, Best players in my order are Maurice French at wide receiver, who's a senior um safety damar hamlin who's a senior cornerback dane jackson who's a senior uh quarterback kenny pickett who's a junior and then their kicker alex kesson who's a junior uh once again too probably not a good sign to have a kicker as your fifth best player on the list yeah or i mean you you can pretty much count on them hitting it uh, i forget what the award is called but you know the kicker award he's in the mix for that in the conversation Luke rosa i believe couldn't tell you. I
0: believe that's what it is.
1: I could see that being true. Luke Rosa sounds like he'd be a good kicker. I'm not positive why, but he does. Um, last year, Pitt was five and two when uh, they had 150 yards passing or more. So I think this year they need to keep that trend. Um, they were last in the ACC in yards per completion last year, though at 11. So they've got to implement some deep ball strategy. Um, they also allowed 200 or more yards in rushing six times last season Uh, can't do that they gave up two rushing TD nine times they were four and one when not allowing a rushing TD so to me stop the run um, as far as the rushing TD um, stop the pass as far or implement the pass on offense that's going to be a recipe for success Heavy penalties last year, too. Um, Pitt had 101 penalties on the year for 942 yards. Their opponents only had 70 penalties for 567 yards. So that was an interesting stat to me. Coming back to the 6-6 six and six train, I've got them going 6-6. Six and six. They do play Penn State, UCF, and Syracuse this year. So it's
0: All three L's. <laughs>
1: yeah. In my opinion, for sure.
0: Yeah, so... Next, I have uh, North Carolina State. Mm, You almost
1: tickle my fancy with North Carolina. Yeah,
0: North Carolina State, just like you were speaking with, or speaking on earlier, loses a very big quarterback, Ryan Finley. Who?
1: Oh, I thought it was Russell Wilson.
0: Nah, that was a while ago. I mean, they have had some nice uh, quarterbacks here in the past ten years. If you think about it, yeah, they had Russell Wilson, Jacoby Brissett, and now Ryan Finley. Yeah, I mean, that's three. I guess. I guess Russell Wilson was was that ten within the last ten years. I guess. I feel like it has been.
1: I think so. He was only there for one year, right?
0: Yeah, he transferred from Wisconsin. Or no, he was there for three years and then transferred to Wisconsin for one year.
1: Excuse me, I That's got it what backwards, it was. Yeah. right?
0: So losing Ryan Finley means one thing and one thing only. What you got to have more balance on your offense now. can't just throw the ball all the time i mean the team averaged over 300 yards passing a game last season but when you have a quarterback that controls the offense like ryan finley did it's kind of hard not to do that
1: and don't throw it to the other team
0: yeah (laughs) Um,
1: unless it's north carolina then please do
0: now like i said with them averaging over 300 yards rushing it also came with the lowest rushing output the wolfpack have had since 2013 Mm. finishing with less than two thousand yards rushing as a team yeah that's not very good.
1: Pass heavy offense.
0: Yeah, so the defense lost a lot on the de- defensive line, but it should still be okay. If you remember correctly 2 years ago, Nick Chubb was a very high pick, or not Nick Chubb, uh Bradley Chubb. Bradley Chubb was a very high pick coming out of North Carolina State. They said North Carolina State's not going to have a good year. North Carolina came out, North Carolina State came out last year, had a very solid year. Their de- defensive line led the way for the, for the defense. Yeah. So, you know, to me, hey, this is I feel like they're just going to reload again on the defensive line. Now, what would they do with the rest of the defense? That remains to be seen. They do they did lose their leading tackler and what many would consider their overall leader in Jermaine Pratt at linebacker, uh, which would put more, more pressure for the defensive line to show up and be more consistent early on instead of kind of like learning on the job like you would want them to do. Uh, the secondary does return most of their key players. They did give up over 260 passing yards a game last season. So just like Florida State, hey, we got a lot of players back, but they were kind of dumped last year.
1: Yeah. You know, so, the other thing I was thinking when we were doing these, some of these statistics and where they fell, are they a product of, you know, end game scenarios? So, like our North Carolina and our U of o one I think both of our numbers are skewed because I think teams eventually let off the gas and we turned the gas on at the end of the games. Could that be something? Well,
0: that never did anything for us. Well, Go back and look at our scores last year. Yeah. I don't feel like any team ever took off the gas because there's not one coach in college football that doesn't want to beat Bobby Petrino's brains in.
1: Yeah, that could be true.
0: Now, I mean, it's, that's not good. That's an absolute fact.
1: Larry Fedora was the opposite. I think Larry Fedora was highly respected, and, and I think a lot of teams I mean, he's have, named after a hat. Yeah. No, I think a hat's named after him.
0: Uh, judging by the thing he put on the field last year, I'd say he's named after a hat.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, Fair enough.
0: So – the uh, – my my key for North Carolina State, if they can get their young quarterback, Matt McKay, who actually has a lot of hype right now uh, in coming out of camp, to step up and somewhat fill the shoes that Finley left and the defensive line can do what NC State's defensive lines normally do, it could be, it could be another solid season for Dave Dorn and the North Carolina State Wolfpack. Yeah. North Carolina State doesn't really play that tough of a schedule. Uh, they do play at West Virginia, though. That should be a tough one. Uh but outside of that, I mean, they obviously play Clemson because it's in their side. But uh, I have North Carolina State, North Carolina State, going seven and five, four and four in the conference.
1: Pretty impressive. I hear a lot of seven and fives and six and sixes, and I think that's the theme for the ACC. But I've got one who will be a little bit better in my opinion, and you've got Virginia who was eight and five last year. Um, Last year, they limited turnovers. They controlled the clock and tempo, as we mentioned earlier. They led the conference in third down conversions. So that's, to me, the most impressive stat that you can pretty much have, um, besides maybe the turnover ratio. Um, Returning quarterback Bryce Perkins, who led the league in total offense last year, that also surprised me a little bit because it wasn't Trevor Lawrence who was a potential Heisman.
0: you got to think Trevor Lawrence came in, what, Two or three games into the season?
1: I was thinking third week over Kelly Bryant. But still, with what he's projected to be this year, you don't hear anything about Bryce Perkins. You hear everything about – I'm not even going to say his name again because he doesn't deserve Trevor Lawrence? No, he doesn't deserve my respect. Um, But he had 923 yards rushing last year. So they lost the 1,000-yard back in Jordan Ellis. there will be a running back by committee this year, which, once again, I keep saying that's backfield by committee. You know what I mean. Uh, they also lost their best wide receiver, uh, but their next four best wide receivers are back. Um, three returning linemen. I think defensively they were third in defense in the ACC in 2018, um, allowed only 20 points per game, so that was very surprising for them. I think part of that was their – That seems
0: m- like a lot of points to be third in the ACC.
1: Uh, it's ACC. Teams put up decent amount of points. But, yeah, 20, 20 points per game was third in the ACC. And I'm just trying to think who was above that because if you're holding them to less than 20 per game, though, that's impressive.
0: Well, I would say Clemson. Of course. And I would say probably – no, Georgia Tech was higher than that. I know what you said.
1: Yeah, it had to have been somebody on your side of the field because maybe Syrac- – no, not Syracuse. I don't know who it could have been. I, I wanted to say it would have been Miami, but it was I would say it probably it is Syracuse. Yeah, it could be. Um But they'll have a great front three on defense. They'll return eight starters overall. They'll return eight of the top 10 tacklers. They've got good depth, a solid linebacking core. Um, I'd rank their best players. Number one, cornerback Bryce Hall, who's a senior. Number two, quarterback Bryce Perkins, who I mentioned earlier, who's a senior. Number three, linebacker Jordan Mack, who's a junior. Four, wide receiver Joe Reed. Five, linebacker Charles Snowden, who's a junior. Um, keys for them this year score in the red zone last year they had an ACC worst um, 74% score in the percentage in the red zone uh, 52% TD rate in the red zone which was only 14 teams were worse than them in college football Mm. that was surprising to me Um, they need their running back core to step up this year I, I do think Bryce Perkins will be their leading rusher um, as quarterback, that's not something that can be a great thing. I would say P.K. Kier, or Kier, K-I-E-R, uh, needs to step up big this year and have a good year. They've got a good linebacking core on the de- defensive end, but everybody else must stop the run and help them as well, too. Um, and they allowed over 200 rushing yards five times last year. I gave you that statistic on the other team. They were one in four when they did that. Um, they've been 2-8 and eight over the last 10 um, games that they allowed over 200 rushing yards, so you've got to stop the run. I project them at 8-4 and four this year, so a little bit better than your 6-6 six and six teams. They yeah. do have a really tough schedule as well, too. They've got Notre Dame. They've got Miami. And then I'm going to go out on a limb. This is going to be the boldest prediction of this entire episode, but they play UofL and UNC back-to-back. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say which team. But one of those teams will beat the Virginia Cavaliers this year. Mark it down.
0: Fair enough. Is that all you got on them?
1: Yes, that's the most important part. One of our teams is getting a win over Virginia.
0: Yeah, we both know how. You're Homer, so.
1: Hey, I didn't say who. Back to back playing North Carolina and U of L.
0: I guess we'll see when we get to North Carolina, will we? Sleeper games. So. Next, I have the Syracuse Orange.
1: Orange uh, men.
0: No, they're just the Syracuse Orange.
1: No, there's no women on their team.
0: But it's just the Syracuse Orange.
1: Fine. Orange. Color but of your shirt that you're wearing.
0: It is. Shout out, Fat Boy. Uh, Dino Babers and the Orange averaged 40 points and 465 yards per game last season. On offense, but as someone you may recognize, Rick Bettino once said, Eric Dungey walking through that door. So what does that mean for Syracuse? They got to replace him. Dungey was the dual quarterback for Syracuse last season, and now they have a guy with a cool last name in Tommy DeVito. He comes in with a loading receiving with a loaded receiving core that'll take some of the pressure off of them, uh, and they do have their, their leading rusher back in O'Neil, so that should help as well. But the defense, which was sixth in sacks last season, bring back both defensive ends. Alton Robinson and Kendall Coleman. So, that's why I said maybe it was Syracuse because they did, they were sixth in the nation in sacks. Okay. But here's where I may rethink it. So, they do have that. Those two guys combined themselves for 20 sacks and 29 tackles were lost between the two of them. Solid numbers between two guys. But the linebacker core loses a lot, and the secondary returns all four starters to a defense that allows 264 yards <laughs> a game despite being so high despite finishing so high in sacks, which is very surprising to me. Yeah. Because normally when you have a solid or in this aspect, you would look at it as a dominant defensive front that usually puts too much pressure on the quarterback where they throw a lot of interceptions or where they're not being able to complete passes because they're getting pressured too much, which is kind of like that means that these guys were just like completely wide open. So that's like (laughs) not a good sign for Syracuse. Right. Typically so, not. No, not at all. Because
1: on the offensive side of the ball, that would be good.
0: Yeah. Now, to me, the key to the Syracuse offense is uh, Tommy DeVito and how fast he can mature. If it's immediate, expect the Orange to compete for second place in the Atlantic. Now, their schedule, they do play, play that Maryland team we were just talking about. They play Clemson. Uh, they do play Clemson at home, though, which is a very good thing. But they also play teams like Western Michigan, Holy Cross, uh, I don't think
1: playing Clemson at home is a very good thing.
0: Playing Clemson at the Carrier Dome?
1: Yeah. It's obviously better than playing them away, but yeah. it's still not a That's very the good thing. It's a place where they
0: pump in noise, dude. Yeah. Ch- they're cheaters, dude.
1: Well, speaking about that, did you see the thing? Sorry, I didn't want to interrupt you. Did no, you, you see anything about the Packers? Packers are trying to implement, their coach wants to implement a noise, whatever the, however you track decibels, and that reflects the adult beverage prices in there. So the higher the decibels get in there, the cheaper the alcohol becomes. Interesting philosophy. I'm, I'm not right.
0: saying I disagree with it, but I mean I don't care either way. Yeah. I don't drink at games.
1: They should sell the cheese for cheaper too. I'd eat the yes. cheese. Yes, I'd eat. Yes. One partake in the other, but I'd eat the cheese. I'm for sure. I'd eat the cheese. Yeah.
0: So uh, Syracuse, they like I said, they play Liberty, Western Michigan, Holy Cross. Not the high school, but it is Holy Cross. Um, I'm. I've got Syracuse at eight and four, five and three in the conference.
1: Yeah, I think that'll be a team who'll be not competitive with Clemson, but competitive in the ACC as far as having a good year. Another team that I think will be decent is Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech was six and seven in 2018. They've got five starters who return on offense. Um, they had a couple of transfers who actually hurt them this year, whereas most of the other teams we've talked about have got some good transfers yeah, they lost in. their
0: tight end, right?
1: Yeah, they lost a couple of good pieces on offense. Yeah, we
0: were we were going hard after their
1: tight end, and we thought we had him. Yeah, did you go hard in the paint? Yes. It was in the end zone? Yeah. Um, open quarterback position, lost their leading running back. Decent offensive line returning two starters. Um, Their strength is their receiving core. So receiving core is going to need to carry the load this year. They do have a lot of young talent coming in, um, allowed – over 400 points for the first time on defense since going 0-10 in 1950. <laughs> yeah, not not a good stat that you want to be a part of. Their defensive line is young and needs to get together, needs to pressure the quarterback. Um, good improvement with age in the linebacking core. Um, they've got some good strength there as far as stopping the run. Will they be able to pass the fend at that level? Not sure, but all five DBs. Um, played last year in the 4-2-5 are back. So that's a good piece. Um, interesting defensive scheme in the 4-2-5 as well, too. But we'll see how that works out. Best players in order, cornerback uh, Rashad Ashby, who's a junior. Wide receiver Damon Hazelton, who's a junior. Safety Reggie Floyd, who's a senior. Safety Khalil Cadler, who's a junior. Tight end Dalton Keene, who's a junior. So you notice the theme couple of those dbs that I was just talking about were on there keys for them this year win games win games <laughs> um they they were had a good record but they only scored 34 or more points in three games last year 6 and 7 was better than what they were projected to do that's why I say they had a good record you got to score more than 34 points right must stop the run Um, Gave up over 200 yards rushing in six of their last eight games. 33 touchdowns in the last eight games they gave up. So, pretty simple on that. Seven and five is what I've got them projected for the year. They've got one of the easiest schedules in the ACC. They do have Miami, Notre Dame, and Virginia on that schedule, but seven and five is very doable. And I expect them to be even better next year, even though we're not giving a projection for next year. Yeah. But I expect them to continue. That's a big turnaround. The what was their
0: record last year? Six and seven. Which is surprising when you say all those stats, they sound yeah. like they were a lot. They must have a terrible
1: schedule every year. It's ACC, so.
0: Did, wait, wasn't last year when they lost to Richmond?
1: Could have been. They, they had a change in uh, their coach a couple of years ago that's been a rebuilding Justin process. Justin Fuentes, yeah. yeah. So that's where I think a lot of the pieces will come in and, and make improvements. He's finally got some of his recruiting classes in who are, I think now this is his fourth year, so now they might be juniors. Um, but, but they'll improve, I think.
0: Uh, so next on my list, I have... Wake Forest, like I said for both of us, if you notice that we skipped our teams, it's because we're saving those for last. Wake Forest, despite losing their uh, best offensive player, Greg Dortch, uh, who absolutely torched Louisville last year, Uh, the receiving court should actually be its most solid position. Uh, Also returning both QBs who started last season. Yes, you heard that correctly. Both QBs that started in Jamie Jamie Newman and Sam Hartman, as well as a 1,000-yard rusher Cade Carney. Uh, the big concern is the offensive line, which struggled a lot last year. Their their defense does return seven of their top 12 tacklers that allowed 33 points a game and 459 yards per game, uh, which ranked them second worst in the conference.
1: Mm.
0: So um, we actually had the two worst offenses or defenses in the country on this side. <laughs> so congratulations. Uh, you played yourself. You had the best team in the in the whole nation, but you also had two of the worst defenses in your own conference.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, the corners should be okay uh, in the secondary, but the safeties are thin in the depth department. Uh, overall, I think Wake will struggle with so many holes on the defensive side, and most of their tough games are on the road. They do play uh, at Boston College. They play at Virginia Tech, at Clemson, at Syracuse, uh, and they play at Rice, too. So. At Chapel Hill. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, they play North Carolina at home. So my projection for the Wake Forest Demon Deacons, 4-8, 1-7 in the conference.
1: Yeah, not too impressive. And that brings me to the best team we've talked about all day.
0: Uh, Clemson's already on there.
1: North Carolina Tar Heels. And unfortunately, you mentioned, you know, these conversations will be a little bit longer. No, <laughs> not for the North Carolina Tar Heels. Last yeah. year we went 2-9. and nine. We already mentioned our coaching change How in that. Brown. How did you only go two and nine? Uh, we won two games, and then we lost nine games.
0: So you only played 11 games last year. Yeah.
1: I forget what the, the – hur- was it a hurricane? Weather. Weather canceled. Yeah, it was I Miami. EC- it was uh, Miami. My- it was Miami. I, I thought it was ECU.
0: Was it? Was it East? Or, yeah, you're right, it was. Whatever
1: it was, it was a game we were going to lose. So I'm pretty happy that they canceled it but didn't replay it. And, uh, our offense did average on a good note, 442 yards per game, but we couldn't score the ball. So that's what I think we need to do this year. We do have three potential quarterbacks. One of them was a guy who was recruited by Mac Brown, who I was telling you about earlier, who could be a good piece. We do have a great running back core. That'll probably be the focal point of our offense, especially with a young quarterback. We do have a balanced offensive line who's good in pass rush and, um, run blocking but they allowed 35 points per game last year 448 yards per game last year not not good stats that you want to give up Um, we do surprisingly enough even though hearing those stats have a good pass rush this year we have six of the top nine tacklers back bad news about that the top three tacklers from last year are gone So, yeah, (laughs) six out of nine, but you lose your top three. We've got a really young linebacker core that I'm worried about that. Um, Four of our top five DBs return. So, hopefully, the um, linebacker core can step up and have a little bit more consistency because that's what I'm most worried about. Best players on the North Carolina team this year will be defensive tackle Jason Strawbridge, senior, running back Michael Carter, who's a junior, Free safety, Miles Dorn, who's a junior. Linebacker, Dominic Ross, who's a junior. And then hopefully that freshman quarterback, um, Sam Howe. I don't know why I misspelled it, but it's tough to misspell Sam. Somehow I managed to do it. Um, Keys to success this year, this is pretty easy. We talked about it earlier. We got to score some points. Yeah. So, yeah, we can drive the ball. And this was what I was telling you about, the skewed – I think a lot of our possessions, a lot of these yards that we gained last year were at the end of the year. Um, I think a lot of them were at end of games. I think we slung the ball around at the end of the game but didn't put many points on the board. Uh, We've got to convert on fourth down this year as well too. You know, I think we were like four for 11. Yeah, if you have a fourth down, you have to convert. Um, I think we were four for 11 last year, but it was not good. So we've got to choose our fourth down possessions – correctly this year we've got to convert on those um only 23 teams allowed more points than us in college football yeah so that's impressive and then we've got to get a good rush um if we don't have good rush they'll expose our linebacking core i think our dbs will be able to hold up but we've got to get some pressure on the quarterback in the backfield we've got some tough games at south carolina miami clemson virginia tech and virginia um Projection will be improved on last year because I'm what they would like to call an optimist, but I've got us projected at four and eight this season. Four and eight. Four and eight. Similar to Wake Forest. Yeah.
0: So it's no secret that I'm a Louisville fan. It's also no secret that Louisville has a new football coach.
1: Mm, Two shockers there.
0: Yeah. Scott Satterfield takes over for a team that needs to be uh, what you would call built back up. I was talking just a minute ago about Jordan Travis transferred and didn't want to come back even after we got a new coach
1: i thought you guys were getting that quarterback from purdue the coach i mean
0: um i think there's plenty of talent in the backfield though (laughs) i think the two most talented spots in our team are running back and wide receiver which is good for our offense yeah um let's let's sorry i got distracted by something by
1: you messaging on facebook
0: no some someone just sent me a message oh um but the soft we we have a returning uh, running back in Hassan Hall, yeah. Hassan Hall, who I didn't think really got enough carries last season. Uh, another another running back named Javian Hawkins, who came in last season and fumbled the ball once. at Petrino sat him, uh, but luckily with that new rule, he was able to redshirt last season because he played less than four games. Uh, and then we also have a true freshman out of Louisville, Manuel named Aiden Robbins, who has been uh, all the rage in camp this summer. Uh, they said his body transformation has been phenomenal Hmm. so like I said the 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 running back core I think should be very solid Uh, now moving to the other part of the backfield Uh, fullback quarterback (laughs) Uh, the starter is going to be Juwan Pass Uh, backup would be if he wasn't hurt Malik Cunningham Malik Cunningham hurt himself a couple weeks ago and from everything that I'm hearing, it sounded like it's a lot more serious than what they're saying. Ooh. Not like season ending, but he's not going to be around for the Notre Dame game. Yeah. And maybe the week after that. If he does come back, I'd say, actually, it probably will be week two. Uh, so, at this at this current time, we have a true freshman that's going to be the backup in Evan Conley. So, that's a little frustrating because Evan Conley, before he committed to Louisville, was actually committed to Appalachian State. So, kind of bumped him up a little bit whenever we got him at uh to commit to us now we do return three offensive linemen one of them being a humongous human being and makai becton at six seven, 360 pounds
1: that's a pretty good size human
0: yeah and with a new coach comes a new coaching staff and this is one of my favorite position coaches that we got it was dwayne ledford dwayne ledford had great numbers when he was at when he was at North Carolina State. The good thing about North Carolina State's uh, offensive line was he was recruiting guys that were like 2 and 3 stars and then building up and they're getting you know drafted in the first round or you know second and third round and they weren't even looked at by some of these bigger name schools. Dwayne Lever brings a toughness to this offensive line that we haven't seen in a long time, which is what you kind of want to see in an offensive line coach. I agree. So, I think that's I think we're going to be the, the biggest thing about our offense is I think our offense is honestly going to be fine as long as as long as long Jawan passes, improving like what everyone is saying is. Uh, our wide receiving core, we have about 40 wide receivers on our, on our roster. Not really 40, but when Satterfield got here, he asked the question, did the previous coaching staff recruit anything but wide receivers? <laughs> I think we had like 16. <sighs> like not joking about that. But with that, that means you have good receivers coming back. We have Des Fitzpatrick, Seth Dawkins, who has actually represented Louisville at ACC Media Days a couple uh, about a month ago. And then another guy named who is getting a lot of pub this summer, Tutu Atwell. Funny name, I know, but they're comparing Tutu Atwell, the way he is going to be playing this season, the way a guy that I spoke about last week, Percy Harvin, played at Florida. Not saying he's going to be as good as Percy Harvin, but they're comparing the way he is going to be utilized this season to – what Percy Harvin did for those Florida teams. So, I mean, the dude, if you saw him play last season, he's a – dude, he flies. Two, two. Dude, he flies down the field. So, that's something you need when, you know, you're two – the two offensive offensive line guys that you don't have returning are on the outside. You need speed on the outside. Oh. So, I think, like I said, I think our offense will be okay. I think we'll put up numbers. But then you get to the defensive side. Mm-hmm. First off, we lost our best defensive player last year in the very first game in the second quarter. He's eligible to come back, transfers to Florida. So, screw you, John, for taking Jonathan Grenard. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, again, it didn't – help. It didn't, he didn't play all of last season.
1: At least you'll get to watch him Saturday with some good barbecue and Mike and cheese. Yes. Yes. So, uh,
0: we did lose Jonathan Grenard to uh, transfer to Florida, but – we do have uh, Tiber- uh Jarrett Jackson, deberrys Peterson, and amanti Caban, uh, so it, it's it goes back to a lot of what I was saying with like Florida State and some of those other teams. They have experience, but they weren't really that great. So I I, I do wonder though how much of this team was bad and how much of it was them giving up. Yeah. Uh, I think our I think our first line on. Our whole team, I think, is very solid. But I think, like, once you get to, like, second, third in some of them, it's not that good, and which is not a key, key to success for, A, the future, and, B, if you have an injury. So, we have we have guys like those that are on the defensive line. The linebacking core, I think, is the most solid solid part of our defense. We do have three guys that I do consider very good defensive players. We have Doreen Etheridge back, as well as C.J. Avery, and then a redshirt junior uh, Richard Jr., uh, who actually went to Trinity, Rajay Burns, who will be playing a, uh, as a linebacker for the first time this season. He actually was um, in the secondary last season. And the, it's weird, man. This, this coaching staff came in and um, moved a lot of players. Surprising. Yeah, they were like, yeah, you're not in the right spot. You're not in the
1: right spot. But You do hear of DBs. Converting to linebackers, if a coach is looking for speed, though, and that's what it sounds like, Satterfield on the defensive side of the ball yeah. is looking for a little bit well, more when speed. When you look
0: at the si- his size, like, he's really not that big. Really? It was, like, six foot, like, maybe 175. or one. It was, like, 190 maybe. Yeah,
1: that is DB size. Yeah, so, opinion.
0: I mean, again, that may have been last year's, and it just hadn't updated this weight. But the th- the other thing that kind of sucks about this is – Louisville's secondary does have some returning players. I am glad because one of them was actually in the transfer portal and decided to to, uh, give the coaching staff a chance and actually fell in love with the coaching staff. And Rush East has now become a leader for this team. Uh, His dad, Craig East, used to play for Kentucky. He actually got moved from DB to safety, which honestly seems like a better position for him. And I think we'll actually – I'm not saying because of this season coming up, but I think eventually we'll be an NFL player and we'll be at that at safety. Uh, Kane Pass, who is actually Jawan Pass, our quarterback's brother. Never really been that impressed with him. Uh, I don't know. It's he, he seems to give up a lot of big plays. Um, older or younger? He's the older brother. But uh, to me, overall, the defense should improve, which in all honesty there's nowhere to go from but up from last season. I mean, when you think about the overall effort, I think that's going to actually improve us some. Uh Louisville broke an NCAA record last season with giving up the most 50-point games in one season. Ooh. That's not a, that's not a record you want to have. No. Uh, we thought we would get some immediate help in the recruiting class. Jadarian Boykin, a uh, defensive end out of uh, Jones County, uh, Georgia, who actually didn't uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Did he didn't uh, he didn't make the grades to come to come in this season? So we're not going to get him. And we also lost a, a guy that was considered an athlete, Jamel Starks, which I thought we were gonna, he was going to play DB for us. So that's two of our – and Jamel Starks was a three-star out of Georgia as well. So it seems to me like Georgia needs to uh, do better in school. Shocker. Um, but my three keys to Louisville season to being a success as far as just improving from last season. One, consistent, cute quarterback play. When I say success, I mean just showing improvement and moving forward because we're obviously not going to turn this around in one season. Uh, Consistent quarterback play, whether it be pass or when Cunningham comes back or or even Conley. I will honestly hope it's pass. I hope it's, hey, this is my job I'm taking it for the entire season and y'all just – y'all get on my back. Right. The defense getting stops. That – I can't remember the defense getting stops after the Alabama game last season other than those two crappy games that – were against two terrible teams. that' was what's crazy to think about is Louisville's best game they played all season last year was against Alabama. Right. And they got drummed forty four to
1: seventeen. I thought they were gonna cover the spread for a while.
0: Yeah. I did too, and I lost money because of it. Yeah. But the last team or the last thing, the f- the first team staying healthy. Like I said, I think our first team our first team is solid, but after that, ugh, In my opinion, if these three things can happen, Louisville can make some noise in the games that a lot of people aren't expecting them to. So Louisville does have, like I said, a tough schedule. They open the season with Notre Dame. I'm going to go through our games and tell you who I think we're going to win and who we're going to lose against. Thank you.
1: That's greatly appreciated.
0: So we play September 2nd against Notre Dame at Cardinal Stadium. I think we take a loss. Shocker. Notre Dame's going to be a solid team. Uh, project, I think they're number nine right now. You're correct. Made the NCAA playoffs last year. They're going to be good. Yes. Uh, I think especially we especially
1: on their home at your place on their home field. I don't care. Yeah, you're I, in trouble.
0: Notre Dame's yeah. Uh, the next uh, five days later, we play Eastern Kentucky also in Cardinal Stadium. Uh, I think we get a win in that one. Mm. The next one, September 14th, we go down to Nashville to play in the Titans Stadium, which I will be there to play western kentucky i think we get another win there
1: nice say hi to the batman
0: uh the batman building yes thank you what is it the at t building
1: no it's just a batman building
0: yeah next the week after that we go to florida state if you remember last season florida state even though we were in the middle of the debacle of a season we should have won we had the game one terrible play call Jawan passed those in the interception they end up scoring as time expired and they beat us on a field goal, hmm. we go to Tallahassee and beat the Florida State Seminoles. So right now, three are, and one. We are three and one going into the bye week.
1: You're a cuckoo and for you're, cocoa Puffs. and
0: you're sitting pretty, and you're like, "Oh yeah." And then you got Boston College at home, and you lose. October fifth, we got Boston College at home. The rushing, rushing offense of Boston College, I don't think we'll be able to stop. Go. Yeah. Then we go to Wake Forest, who, in my opinion, is the worst team in the ACC, and we get another win.
1: I agree, and the worst team in the ACC.
0: Yes, they are the worst team in the ACC, and we get a win. Then we have Clemson at home, and we take a loss. Four and three. So, a week later, we we welcome the Virginia Cavaliers. And you said that one of our teams was going to get a win. Oh, my goodness. And it's going to be your team. I have us losing that game.
1: Thank goodness. Four and four.
0: So, right now we are four and four. Then we have a bye week, and then we go down to Coral Gables to play the Miami Hurricanes and take our third loss in a row. Yeah.
1: That's pretty a pretty tough schedule.
0: It is a tough schedule, yeah. And then we, uh, we leave from Coral Gables, go up to NC State, play NC State, and get another win. Beat NC State at NC State. Then we come back November 23rd, have Syracuse at home, and we take a loss. And then we wind the season up at Kentucky. Ooh, don't you do it. Right now, Louisville is 5-6. and six. One To more, get into a ball game. One more win to get into a ball game. At the Krogue, November 30th, Kentucky Wildcats get their second win in a row and beat Louisville. Louisville ends this season 5-7. and seven. Goes three and five in the conference. Doesn't finish last in the Atlantic. My projected order and finish: Clemson one, Syracuse two, Boston College three, Florida State four, NC State five, Louisville six, Wake Forest seven.
1: And in the Coastal, the tough part for me was deciding who was going to come in first. I've got Miami as one, Virginia at two, Virginia Tech at three, Duke at four, Pitt at five, Georgia Tech at six, and the old Tar Heels bringing up the rear.
0: Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is if Wake Forest was in either side, Wake Forest is going to be at last in either one of our sides. Correct. I just think Wake Forest is not good.
1: No, they aren't good, but also North Carolina and UofL aren't good. Um, so, hopefully we can have more wins than them, just to yeah. make ourselves look a little bit better.
0: So Yeah, I mean, that's that's our ACC preview. Let us know what you think of that. We do still have our power moves and beef,
1: though. How many people do you think really love ACC football? I'd say at least two of us. Hopefully a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say at least two of us. Hopefully a lot out there. Yeah. More than just Clemson.
0: Yeah. Jeez. I mean, you think they even like watching it?
1: They're just like, oh,
0: here comes another win.
1: Yeah, I looked at that schedule this year, and it, it's a very friendly schedule for Clemson. Yeah. Very friendly, to say the least. So,
0: you want to go first or you want me to go first on power move?
1: Well, I've got a good power move because, you know, this week, Went well, the Last weekend, I should say, went down to Georgia, ended up helping my younger sister move into Jacksonville State University. It's a beautiful campus. It's actually a very old campus. They got a good wing joint on there that I had a fried tomato BLT that my mother forced me to try. <laughs> but it was very good. They had some good beer batter fries as well, too. I uh, had a good time, but while I was down there, I had a little bit of time to do some research. Okay. And there was something that was controversial recently and it was the creation of the power move. And so me being me and knowing how the power move originated. I got to stop you real quick. I got to stop because
0: Daniel was like, I haven't gone back and listened, Yeah, but it really seemed like BJ was really taking that to heart that, (laughs) that, you know, you said that I created the power move. He's like, I think I did, but I'm going to be honest. I don't know. I was like, no, you did, man. And now the truth comes out. You were really upset about this. And
1: the truth shall set you free. I was devastated by the fact what ended up happening was Daniel Grimes is a 50% co-creator because he mentioned the story. And what the story was, well, I'll bring it back to light, was the Philadelphia Eagles fan eating horse manure. Dung, Dookie, Doo-Doo, whatever you want to recall it, because they were so belligerently excited that they had just won a Super Bowl championship. Not very respectable, but I mentioned power move. And the question arised, how is that a power move? And I said, when you look the horse in the eyes that released this thing from its body, and you chow down on that big Snickers bar while creating eye contact with the horse. That has to be a power move. So it's true. The one and only co-creator of the power move is bringing you the power move today of creating the power move. So we, so we were both right. No, I mean, really, I'm just giving D a lot of credit. But clearly, there's one creator.
0: <laughs> so we were both right. I said Daniel did. You said you did.
1: It's me, co-creator, which means you had a ghostwriter. No, it was natural, spontaneous. Great segment, beautiful story as well too, commemorating the Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl championship over the New England Patriots. Good time. Did you have to bring up that last part? I did because it involved manure. Is that and it, it? Involved dude? the New England Patriots?
0: Gosh, dude. So I'm sticking with the Eagles, though, dude. Oh, yeah. I like it. Did you see did you see what happened there? I did. The U the US women's national team member Carly Lloyd goes to their camp. Trying out for the team, bro. Not only goes there, but kicks two field goals. One I think was thirty yards. But she, bro, she kicked a fifty five yard field goal.
1: Yeah. The thirty yarder was in between the tight posts too. I don't yeah. know what those practice posts are called, but that's impressive. Yeah. So right down the pipe.
0: Yeah, like that's nuts to think that she just yeah, I never kick the football for us. Go right out there and kick a fifty five yarder. Right. So sounds like she's better than any player you have on your all team. Which if we had sense. David
1: Akers, he'd give her a run for her money.
0: I'd give you oh yeah, I'll give you that.
1: Yeah.
0: I'll give you that. But I guess I'll move to my beef. What you got? We had we just actually
1: talked. let me go to my beef first, if you will, because I got two of them. And the first, uh, okay. one, first one's going to be a simple one. I already mentioned to you that you know went down to Jacksonville State University mm-hmm. this year. It's actually in Alabama. Cut.
0: I was about to say that. Yeah. I did not know that until two years ago, the year Michigan beat us in the tournament. Yeah, with Donovan's last year. Okay, we played Jacksonville State the first game. Yeah, and Jacksonville State is in Alabama. It's They're also not in the in OVC,
1: which is weird to me. <laughs> but they they've got a beautiful. Um, football field out there. I'll Mm -hmm. tell you that much. I was very impressed by that. But my beef is with National Car Rental. And I rented a, and it's actually kind of a 50% beef, because I rented a vehicle from them, and they upgraded me to an SUV. You know, my my charming wits and good looks, um, I think I might have got that backwards, my good looks and charming wits, (laughs) whatever it is, helped coerce them to getting me into an SUV. But upon returning it, there was some traffic coming into Louisville. And I was supposed to return the vehicle by 4 p.m., ended up getting back by 4.50, somewhere in that ballpark. And they charged me for another day. Ugh. because. So I said, I'm just going to keep it. And they were like, no, you've already returned it. You can't keep it. So, unshout shout out to National Car Rental. If you ever need a car rental, go with Enterprise Dollar, Save a step. I don't care what the names of these places are. BRB on wheels. But go with somebody else besides National. Yeah. Unless they want to sponsor this podcast, and then we'll change that.
0: So is your other beef pretty good? It's solid. Because I think I might need to save mine for last.
1: Okay, we'll save yours for last then. My other beef was there's a trend sweeping the nation currently. And it is a debate of right and wrong and it is breaking friendships and crushing hopes and dreams and it's between two little known companies by the name of Chick-fil-A and Popeyes and this debate is over who's got the best chicken sandwich which is going to be a lead into a, another segment here that we need to do as well too that we didn't have on our docket but we need to reference <laughs> and we come up with the idea That we're going to critique these two and choose who's the ultimate victor. And so the fair way to do it is have you go do Chick-fil-A and you pick up the chicken sandwich and we're going to do a multi-assessment and grade their mac and cheese, which has been all the rave recently as well. Yeah, just released
0: like two weeks ago.
1: Yeah. And my job is to go to Popeye's and get a chicken sandwich, and we're also going to critique and grade the Cajun rice, which I can already tell you in advance is delicious. Genius idea. So you go to Chick-fil-A. You get yours. You tell me there's a long line, but you get through. Chick-fil-A lightning fast. Done, right? I
0: was in line for about, uh, I'd say, 15 minutes, and there was like probably 15 cars.
1: Minute 20th. per car is not bad ratio yeah. for... It, there was a lot of cars. Yeah. Wrapped around the building, probably? Oh, it was all the way around the building, all the way up to parking spots, and then curved around a little bit. Oh, that curve gets you every time. And uh, I go to Popeye's, and mm-hmm. they're actually directly across the street from each other. And I notice, oh, there's not as many cars in the Popeye's line as there is the Chick-fil-A. Well, with this competition, that already gives me a hint as to who maybe wins. And I also have heard some people say that Chick-fil-A is the Lord's Chicken, so that's why it wins. Yeah. We will grade that for ourselves and find out who the real winner is. But unfortunately, we were unable to do that tonight. The reason why is because I get up to the ordering section after maybe three cars, maybe two, somewhere in that ballpark. This is
0: known to other people as the drive through window.
1: No, this is where you order first. There's no window there. You're talking into a speaker, bro. ain't no window Okay, so you get up to the ordering microphone. Booth. And I place my order. And my order is as follows. I would like a chicken sandwich with all of the condiments on the side. I want my pickles on the side. I want the mayonnaise on the side. I want the spicy, what do we call it? It was like Cajun something. Cajun spicy mustard or something like that on the side. Because for me, I like pickles. You are not a fan of pickles. Yeah, I'll go ahead and
0: take the... the the flames off you in case someone tries to give you crap bj likes all that stuff i'm not Mm. a big i'm not a fan of mayo i'm not a fan of pickles i did like the other stuff but i said hey if we're going to get the other stuff on the side let's go ahead and get everything on the side for both sandwiches it
1: has to be an even try because you can't do one with pickles one without it that's gonna skew the results so place that order cajun rice as the side right actually get it's a combo so it was cheaper to buy a combo and even though i'm not a big soda fan to fully Tell the truth, I was going to drink a soda. And get up to the window after waiting, by two cars, and take the payment, all good. Be right with you, sir. Waited, looking at my fake clock, imaginary clock that I have on my wrist. Waited, waited, nothing. After about five minutes, I decide I need to knock on the window a little bit just to, I'm not trying to be that guy, right? But five minutes was a substantial yeah, amount I mean, of time. We were,
0: we were both running late to meet here to record this, so.
1: And it was after waiting behind multiple cards. So it wasn't just like five minutes from beginning to end. It was five minutes after I pulled up to the window and paid because I looked at my payment on my credit card to see what time it was, right? Speak to this woman and she says, give me one second. I've got to get somebody else. So she goes and gets the manager. And the manager comes up and explains to me that we're sorry, sir. We are out of the original chicken sandwich. And I said, okay, no big deal. I know, Beef, you're not a huge fan of the spicy chicken. But I would have done it. But we have to do this because we've already made the idea up. And you've already held up your end of the bargain. Well, she proceeds to explain to me that, no, they are out of this spicy chicken sandwich as well, too. And then she even goes as far as to tell me, that they were sold out of all of those chicken sandwiches by 2 p.m. And it is now 6 p.m. roughly at this point.
0: So here's here's where my thing. put yeah. the sign on the thing that you're ordering <laughs> from.
1: <laughs> or tell
0: your employees one of the two.
1: Yeah. Jeez, dude. Like, that's ridiculous, man. So, needless to say, she tried to offer me a different meal. That was, you know, the same thing. And I'm just like, nah. no, I appreciate the offer, but we, this was for something. I didn't explain to her. I think she probably knew what it was. So, yeah, ended up having to get my money back, which is now on hold. You know, it's not even in the account. It's on hold. What a joke. And then spent 20 minutes sitting in the drive-thru for nothing because Chick-fil-A is the better of the two currently. It's like a plus one in my book right now. Popeye's has a lot of making so it up. Gonna, it's do. got a
0: lot of ground to, to, meet, to, to make up to, to beat Chick-fil-A now because Man, of this.
1: You better be daggone good, old, old Popeye's chicken. So what did we just talk about this, this whole episode? Spicy
0: food. No. What did we just preview? The ACC. And what is tomorrow? My birthday. Tomorrow is August 22nd. Yeah, and what happens on August twenty second? Full moon. The ACC network comes to your TV. Mmm. But guess whose TV it's not going to be on? Direct TV. It's not going to be on mine. I'm because not so good AT&T at this guessing. U-verse AT and Verse has still not signed a contract with the ACC network.
1: Has Direct TV?
0: Yes, they were the first big names to do it. It's beautiful. Is it free? depending on sure, what I package mean, you have it depends on what package i would look it up do you have the sec network
1: i don't know i don't watch sec network i,
0: I, I mean if you have the sec network i would guess that you do yeah but dude how like how do you wait this how, first off a at&t and direct tv are partners yeah so how does direct tv have it but Uverse doesn't good question I'm, dude, I'm so mad right now. You thought I was mad last week. Yeah. Now I'm really mad this week. So because, are there
1: UFL games that you won't be able to watch. Well, you'll be. Yes, at not most only of that. Them. Yeah.
0: On the first year of the ACC network, our football team is getting followed like hard knocks. And Ooh. if that's not there, the Sunday before the Notre Dame game, oh dude, I'm going to I'm going to be even more I'm going to be more mad. Yeah. I'm <laughs> like I'm mad now. I'm going to be livid. Be if hot. it's not here by then. Cause i'm already missing hard knocks because we got rid of hbo which anybody has an hbo login let me know because i'd like to watch hard knocks yeah but if they don't get their stuff together and get this contract signed if they get it signed by tonight you know what i'll come back on and retract my statement that i'm having today okay but why wait? or if they sponsor us but why wait till the last second to get on a freaking station that's been coming around for like four years if you knew this was coming for forever. Why are you waiting until now? Clearly,
1: it's not popular demand, bro.
0: It is. It better be. It, oh,
1: there you, oh. It's hot. I'm mad. I'm not happy at all. Popeye's National Car Rental and AT&T, you got some explaining to do.
0: Yeah. So, uh, BJ and I have been talking about dropping something else here, recent, here in the future.
1: Rap album was one of them, but that's not ready yet.
0: Yeah. I don't I don't. I think we need to get a different producer. I agree.
1: But yeah. he wasn't cutting it. We won't throw him under the table, but it's in the works. Yeah. Um, I thought maybe we needed to get a new rapper, but I, you know, I was thinking I was doing pretty decent.
0: Maybe. Yeah. Okay. We'll Allegedly. Yeah. So, back by popular demand, we're doing another bracket.
1: Drum roll, please. We're doing another bracket, but what you
0: may ask, what are we going to put on the bracket this right. time? We've tossed around a couple ideas. We're not going to tell you the other ideas but because we're probably going to use them in the future. Right. But we will say this expect brackets to happen more often than what they are now. Yeah. Maybe once a month, maybe once every other month. Brackets have like been that. fun. We've
1: had a lot of great interactions with people and it's fun to for me personally to watch the engagement in all of the fans, friends, family beeflets out there. Yeah. Beeflets. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say beef chunks, but that's very disrespectful. Yeah. Dude. And then beef babies, you know, I don't know. Beefy babies. Isn't that what Grant called it? <laughs> Something, yeah. We he thought about it. it one night. I forget what it was. Yeah.
0: Um, we haven't, I
1: mean, did we decide when we're going to release this? I think we should release it tomorrow if you're okay with that. Yeah, the, I'm good the with it. First half of the bracket will be out tomorrow. And the bracket is titled Fast food goats the goat of the fast food world
0: so we're bringing you 32 fast food
1: restaurants hard-hitting fast food restaurants
0: now for those of you that say well where's this one we went regional with leaving one of them off because yeah. there's one of them that's probably one of the most popular fast food restaurants yeah. and we're gonna go ahead and tell you in and out is not on the list because in and out most people have not had in this area
1: can't be and to me it's skewed because the people who have had it have a fond relationship with it when the reality is it's not that good
0: in and out is uh, now when i went to san diego i crapped on it because i didn't think it was that good then when i went to vegas i retracted my statement I, i i think it's good
1: it's good but it's not anything that to cry over spilt milk with okay it's not on the list you got thirty-two other great options yeah. and a wide variety of genres of food. So
0: before we hear any of that stuff, we're gonna go ahead and warn you. In and out is not on the list, so don't don't get mad about it. So do we wanna read the would we, we wanna read the list down? I
1: think we can do that. Yes. You right. you do the first top eight and I'll do the remaining.
0: Fair enough. So with our first matchup, we have Blaze Pizza. Facing off against Skyline Chili.
1: In a classic battle of pizza versus hot dogs. Or chili. Chili. Yeah. Pizza versus sandwiches. Chili on spaghetti.
0: Next, we have another pizza. Rapid Fire. Also, we did leave off Domino's, Papa John's Pizza, those places. We only added the you'll see the pizza places that we added.
1: Typically, a lot of places will be drive-thrus that yeah. we have on here. Obviously, that one is not a good version of that, but a lot of them are what we would consider fast food. Yeah. The pizza places will be a different category that could potentially come in the future. Yes,
0: so, second matchup, Rapid Fire Pizza versus Panera Bread.
1: And little known secret to all you fans out there, this is one of your underdog picks. I can already I, dude, tell. I
0: love Rapid Fire. I'm getting it after we finish this episode. Actually. You
1: single-handedly <laughs> might push them to victory in the first round. I
0: hope so. If I can vote for it more than once, I would. Uh, the next matchup, we have a place that I've never eaten at, Chipotle. You love Salmonella.
1: Facing off
0: against Carl Junior's, aka Hotties.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting matchup because oh, that next one completely different styles of food, as have they all been on the first three matchups.
0: That next one is solid, man. There's some matchups in this that I was like, like the very last matchup that you're going to read almost literally made me physically ill
1: this is probably my second favorite matchup where there will be a front runner a top 10 in my opinion same thing like before these are not graded we put them into a randomizer this is the first randomizer that came out which i was very happy with and we're gonna roll with this
0: so next our fourth matchup we have Wendy's facing off against Penn Station.
1: The home of the 4 for 4 versus the home of the foot long for the 20.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love both these places. Yeah. My my the pick out of this one though Penn
1: Station. I like Penn Station. Might be the best fries out of any other place that we have on here. Like those two fries are Wendy's fries are underrated, man. And Penn Station fries are Top knots. Oh, you're saying matchup wise, best fries? Yeah, I'm okay. saying like this is the battle of the best fries, even though there's obviously other intangibles involved. I like rally fries personally, but these two fries could be the king of the fry game.
0: Next, we go Sonic, which will face off another expensive giant, Arby's.
1: Now, expensive, you can say, but I get the sliders between 2 and 5 p.m. for only a dollar, and I choose the buffalo chicken, and you can eat two of those.
0: First, I want to make sure that it doesn't sound like I'm crapping on Arby's, because I do love Arby's. Arby's is really good. Mm. So I'm not crapping on Arby's because I really, really like Arby's.
1: Yeah, but here's what you need to order. Two buffalo chicken sliders between 2 and 5 p.m. with a small fry to the side, 3 dollars and. $0.18, Eight, nine eighteen cents I believe, will be your total if it's in Indiana. It's a good deal you right there. You know what I realized recently? And get the dollar milkshake if you're into eating ice cream. As I am not in, currently haven't eaten ice cream, too. I've been withstanding it. You know what I did the other night? This could have gone back to my power moves. Don't forget what you are going to say, but I went into Meijer. And I'm knowingly not eating right ice cream right now. You, you know what I did? Them, no. Oh, no. I walked right down that aisle. I <laughs> stared that homemade ice cream in the eye. I said, I'm the boss of this. I think a couple of people were probably looking at me. You said this out loud? <laughs> well, yeah, I didn't think it was out loud at first. No, I'm almost but done with
0: that second tub already, dude. Yeah. I'd...
1: Sheesh. They still had the pints or the smaller ones for a buck ninety-nine. And you know, I just wanted to let those $1.99 know that I wasn't buying them that evening. But I'd be back, and I'll, I'll come back to buy them at some so, point.
0: So, um, oh, Arby's. I didn't realize they had pink lemonade. Though I love oh, pink
1: lemonade. Yeah,
0: I like. You are a I, big
1: pink lemonade I, fan. Do I really, I you don't really like am. yellow lemonade? I
0: do, but okay. pink lemonade is next level. In my next opinion. level. I love pink lemonade. Yeah. Next in our it's like cancer sixth, awareness sixth lemonade matchup. It's doing a good thing we have a local flavor indies Mm. indies chicken will face off against long john silvers
1: and this is one of my underdogs for the Long john silvers no oh indies Indies. okay i
0: was about to say i I do like long john silvers i know most people crap on it and say a lot of the food tastes the same or tastes the same but i do like long john silver
1: you actually told me that yeah,
0: because it does, but it's all good to me.
1: The taco I had there when it was a dollar was really, really good, and I could eat two of them and be not what, what I would about consider the Burger full. Burger King taco? No, I haven't tried it. <laughs> I think we do need to do a review on that and well, the I'm Impossible Burger. I think we need to.
0: I'll eat the Impossible Burger at White Castle before I eat a uh, chicken fried. What about Burger the King?
1: Impossible Burger at Burger King? I don't
0: eat Burger King. It's against my religion.
1: Oh my goodness! Well, I can't push you on that. No, I don't. I I almost brought it tonight instead of the chicken sandwich. You'd have done that out of throwing it up right in your lap. You could have given it a fair try. I don't like Burger King. Coming up in the future.
0: So, that was the sixth matchup. Seventh matchup, another expensive heavy hitter, five guys. Mm. Very solid.
1: Another good fry game.
0: Yes, it is. Yeah. Facing off against the most popular, I guess guess you – are the – fast food restaurant that has the most restaurants in the world
1: the originator of the five dollar footlong
0: subway so now five my question against subway
1: i got a little bit of a bone to pick with five guys could they not have named it four guys i mean did it have to take all five of them to create a restaurant like that it's just a standard Maybe it was restaurant just five owners yeah that's what i'm saying couldn't they have done it with four and saved themselves it sounds uh,
0: like they were pretty creative when it comes to the name right yeah Oh, there's five of us. Let's go five guys.
1: They could have each gotten 5% more of the profit if they would have just cut the they one don't dude out. Gender?
0: Could it be like four guys and a
1: person? Yeah, I'd agree. Four four dudes and a chick? Five people. That's a way better. Five name. people.
0: Okay. That's what I'm going to start calling it five people. Five people. I agree. I think five we should people. start the movement. Five humans. Yeah. All right. Matchup number eight, and the last one that I'm reading. KFC facing off against AFW, the most blood matchup. A
1: and W, not AFW. I said A and W.
0: Yeah, AFW uh, against KFC. It's
1: like an airport. What airport are we fly into? Oh, AFW.
0: AFW off, facing off against KNC. So um,
1: you, you said what about it's that, That's the though? most blood
0: matchup of all time because I don't care about either Not a fan of either. Finger-licking good a&- sauce? A&W's all right, but KFC's trash. You're not into the
1: finger-licking good sauce? Maybe I need
0: to give it another shot because the last time I did have it, it was better than what I remembered. Yeah. And one of our avid listeners is very high up at KFC. Oh. Yeah. So I'm sorry now that I talked bad about, the about KFC.
1: and give us some finger-licking you good sauce. You know who the
0: person is. You just may not know that she's actually high up at KFC. Well, I think I need to become better friends. Felicity, I apologize for bad KFC because I know you get on me every time. So yeah. Our matchup KFC against A and W, I know who Felicity will be voting
1: for. But she was a keeper. Hey, they created the famous bowl as well too. That's a good creation. That's the one that has cigarette butts in it, ain't it? No, that does not. That's Waffle House. But the famous bowl is the mashed potatoes, the corn, the gravy, the chicken, the cheese. Marlboro. Specific brands Cam, it Camel day? crushes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That. that could be, yeah, yeah, that sounds more. But a lot of good ones that you mentioned. We'll continue on. Uh, number nine, you've got Popeye's versus White Castle. Your arch nemesis. My arch nemesis. And, and originally I had Popeye's advancing easily. I'm rethinking my thought now.
0: And your arch nemesis against your toilet's arch nemesis. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Very well put. I couldn't have drawn it up any better. Um, Saturday will be a determining factor as to how my vote goes. And unfortunately, Saturday will be past the deadline. So it's going to have to. What did you just say? Pass the deadline.
0: That's not what you just said. I don't right.
1: know. <laughs> Run the tape what back.
0: What did you just Go on to the next one. Dude, my mind is blown that you just said it that way. It was past the deadline. Pass
1: the deadline. Oh, what? I got stung in my face by a bee, bro. It uh. might have been a wasp. I couldn't tell what it was. But the next one is Dairy Queen versus Rallies. Now, that's a tough one because, as I've mentioned before on here, I'm a former employee of Dairy Queen.
0: Let me go ahead and tell you, this one's not closer to me, but.
1: So you're the other day, a winner. Yeah. The other day, yeah,
0: I did try a breakfast bowl from Dairy Queen, which they recently just came out with. Haven't had it.
1: Try it out, dude.
0: They yeah. got a gravy one and they have a salsa one.
1: I used to get it at uh, Steak and Shake, which unfortunately you wouldn't allow me to put on this list.
0: Yeah. By the way, you walk in, town, we'll ask this question afterwards. Yeah. But. Uh, is in, Steak and Shake the, a
1: fast food restaurant? will
0: after we're done. That's I want to talk to you about it. this breakfast bowl of Dairy Queen first. Yeah,
1: please do. Hash browns. Good onions, start. Yep. Oh, onions
0: is key. Hash browns, onions, sausage, cheddar cheese, scrambled eggs. If you didn't put the With eggs in there, I the was going to have beef. Dairy Queen gravy on top. Solid, dude. You know,
1: Solid. surprisingly enough, you know what I put on top of those? Ketchup. I know you don't like ketchup.
0: They also have another one, then, if you're thinking that, that has salsa on it. Yeah. They have two of them, salsa I, or gravy.
1: I, I could go with that. I'll, I do think I need to give that a try, and those do sound decent. But
0: it, Dude, it was good. I got it. Yeah. I was like, I've never seen that here. Also, I need some jalapenos also, up in there. Also, uh, Dairy Queen has pink lemonade as well, so that's also why uh, I went there for breakfast the other day.
1: You know what else they had one time? somebody poured schnapps in the iced tea. (laughs) I remember that. When I was there, I could smell it. It was around the Christmas holiday time, and they were trying to spread holiday cheer through what seemed to be peach schnapps. So moving
0: forward, dude, this is one of those heavyweight battles right here. The heavyweight battle of heavyweight battles. This is the, like you said last week, this is the legacy
1: fight right here. For sure. And you've got two potential favorites going up in round one.
0: I'm going to go ahead and tell you I know who's going to win this one because of the area we live in.
1: I'm honestly not sure because I think I know who's going to win, but let's drop the matchup. You've got world-renowned Taco Bell versus what is your favorite? It is. McDonald's. Whack Arnold's. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> McDowell's, <laughs> right. So you're you're insinuating you think you know a winner. Do you want to divulge that information Taco on Bell's here? Taco Bell's going to win. It's not going to so? be
0: close. Every person in this area loves Taco Bell.
1: Is it because of the nacho fries?
0: The nacho fries are kind of overrated. I've eaten them. They're good. I think the I think the uh, chicken you know what bites the best po- the what the chicken the triangle chicken bites they had. I thought those were better.
1: What were those called? Triangle chicken, chicken bites? Chicken bites. I think. Could you play paper football with them?
0: Uh, yeah, I Probably. mean they were that shape. They were a little. They had to be crunchy, but... They had
1: to be firm, though. You know yeah. what the best thing on the menu is? Uh, it used to be the Fiesta potatoes. Cinnabon Delights or Caramel Apple Empanadas. Dude,
0: do you remember when they used to have those things where you could drop the quarter in and win a free taco and oh, stuff? Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, how many times did you hack that thing?
1: Yeah, we figured out you just kind of bumped it a little bit, and there yeah. was it was very... But you could win a burrito, or but it was only a bean burrito, and that was with a quarter.
0: Yeah.
1: cent was a taco... Five cent was cinnamon twists, and I what was so. a penny?
0: I think that was the cinnamon twist. Five okay. cents was the nachos, I think. Yeah, well, nachos and cheese could be right. Yeah.
1: So the move was to take the dime because you and they probably made some money off that as well too, because their tacos probably only cost a dime anyways, <laughs> yeah. and they're a lot better than Burger King's allegedly, but yeah. we haven't found out yet.
0: So, so matchup number twelve.
1: That's the feature matchup, though. Taco Bell versus McDonald's. On matchup number 12... I may not
0: even vote on that.
1: You've got two of your personal favorites. You've got Burger King coming in against your favorite ethnic culture, Asian cuisine, Panda Express. I'm
0: going to be honest. I may not even vote on this
1: one. (laughs) I don't believe you will vote. And if you do vote, I am very, very intrigued to see who you vote for. Because I don't know who you're going to vote for. (laughs) (laughs) But on to the next Everyone's one. Everyone's going
0: to be looking out for my vote on that one. I need to see it. Yeah.
1: I, I am very – I'm going to sneak it
0: in at the dead of night when there's one second left to do it.
1: Oh, don't think I'm not going to check. I'm going to be checking every time. And uh, when I'm grading it, uh, I'm going to be looking who voted. I might even tell a couple of people to kick rocks again too because – Oh, dude, I cannot, I'm
0: going to go ahead and tell you this. What? I can't wait for Matt to have to vote for 14. Yeah. It's going to be the exact opposite of what mine is for – um 12 really yes because yeah go so ahead, coming in at 13. 14 13 we skipped 13 my fault i was just reading ahead my oh
1: bad. 13 my fault uh you've got mo's and captain d's so polar opposites you got the burritos tacos mexican influenced food versus the fishy captain d's and yeah, hush puppies I
0: mean, like yeah like a yeah.
1: I'm not sure who I'm voting for there. If Captain D's had, like, a Monday special like Moe's did, I'd be inclined to vote for them. Moe's Monday. Yeah. I used to go to that every Monday, but then they closed in Clarksville, and the next, I no longer go The next go one that.
0: we'll call the Matt Leffler bracket.
1: The Matt Leffler special. Coming out of Oklahoma. Coming in hot. No, these are his two favorites, right?
0: That's what I'm saying. It's going to okay. be the exact opposite of that Burger King uh
1: Panda Express uh, one. I thought it was going to be two that he hated because no. I don't hear him say positive things about many places, but both of these I have. Yeah. And so coming in, he's got Raising Cane's as an option. Yep. Delicious chicken, beautiful sauce, incredible fries. You're missing one of the most important things. Cheese curds. No, bro. What do they got? They're garlic toast. Garlic toast. Dude, they're,
0: they're garlic toast.
1: Ugh! I told you the story about when I was in Vegas and they were closed, and they gave us like a bag full of chicken fingers and just all the sauces.
0: Yeah, Dug, yeah, I'd bathe in that sauce.
1: First time ever trying it, and that's the experience I had with it. How do you beat it?
0: I'd swim in that stuff like Scrooge McDuck.
1: Now, one time we were in Las Vegas, and Josh Kelly ordered a hundred and twenty-three dollars worth of McGriddles. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this gosh. is no joke. I was sitting. Now this this is morning time, right? as McGriddles are typically served. But for him, it could have potentially been nighttime. I don't want to speak on his business, but there there was some time in between there where most people sleep and some people do not. Some of them are vampires. Some of them are normal individuals enjoying the Las Vegas nightlife. And so I picked this person up, who I already said his name, but I'm not going to say it again. And they need me to go to McDonald's and they have one friend with them and I'm driving and they ordered 120 <laughs> The McDonald's workers carried it out to the car for us, and they got out there, and they're like, why did he order this much? And I said, what did he order? And they go, $123 worth of McRiddles." So, yeah, I, I would never forget that. Um, but,
0: but who is, who is Raising Cane's facing off? Raising
1: Cane's will be going up against Culver's. So Culver's... So good luck with that vote, Matt. Yeah. I do see him speak highly of both of those. I know where my vote will be placed because... I do not eat one of these two, but I'm not going to say which one that is. You don't eat Culver's, so. Well, I'm not going to say that. And then Zaxby's versus Jimmy John's.
0: Another, for for me. Jimmy John's is whack, so I'll probably just indirectly vote for Zaxby's.
1: You know why Jimmy John's is underrated?
0: I said whack.
1: I know, but do you know why they're underrated? No. Because they've got those spicy maraschino peppers.
0: You want to know why they're overrated? Because they've never delivered my food fast. Ooh. The first time I ever ordered them, it took 45 minutes to get my sandwich.
1: Did you get the gargantuan? No, I don't
0: remember what gargantuan. I got. It was like four years ago, but I'll never forget that.
1: Zach Coleman told me about that sandwich, and he made it sound like you could never eat it all. Oh, it's eatable. Very eatable. Um, ne- next one and final one on our list.
0: This was the one that I was talking about. It was a tough one for me.
1: Is another. I would say my third most intriguing matchup on the list. Highlighted a couple of those for you. But it's Chick Fil A, coming in against Q Doba.
0: Oh, he said it right.
1: Because you wanted me to. He said it correctly. I pronounced it deeply with the Q. Q Doba. Yeah. That's a tough
0: matchup, dude. Q Doba. That's one. That's the Ryan Leffler bracket right there. Mm. That's the one I want to see him vote on.
1: Yeah. My parents used to eat at Q Doba. What? So what's your? Uh, on Wednesdays before what, church. What's your favorite bracket here? uh my favorite bracket are those three that we listed because i'm very intrigued on those the chick-fil-a versus Cadoba, the um what was the other one taco bell versus mcdonald's and then i have to go to my other picture to remember the other one but the wendy's Wendy's versus penn Penn station Station. yeah those those are the three of my favorites because i think those will all be very very close or at least in my heart of hearts those are close matchups nice
0: Well, guys, that's really all we got. We wanted to save the bracket for the end because we wanted to surprise you guys. I did tell one person that we or two people that we were going to do, but I didn't tell them what it was.
1: And you guys are very special.
0: Yeah, no, I told them we were dropping the bracket, but I did not tell them what it was. Yeah, but
1: you only told two people, so you know. I think you have at least four friends now. I know you added that one this week. You're mentioning. Yeah. So like, it's fifty percent of your friends you told.
0: BT Dubs, guys, we got some cool stuff coming up. Yes. Had some cool stuff we're thinking
1: up. about doing a calendar because i had a lot of people who were asking about my nipple hair recently
0: i don't think anyone asked you about that
1: listen they were intrigued it, it's an odd thing it's something that not everybody has and i'm proud of it either way
0: guys keep liking keep sharing it is going to cool off a little bit tomorrow the heat is supposed to be down like 10 degrees finally so, yeah
1: actually i'm not mad at the I, heat. I love summertime it helps my workouts
0: yeah you sweat more yeah yeah. So we appreciate you guys listening. We're going to keep this going. Pumping them out. Yeah. We will probably have a couple episodes in a week here the next couple of weeks cuz we got some pretty cool interviews that we're going to do and we got we got to preview some other conferences as well. So, yeah. We'll be hitting some other people up. So guys, keep liking, keep sharing. Let us know what you think of our ACC standings. Give us your give us your ACC standings for both for both sides. Exactly. And most importantly, beef out. Peace.